I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Thin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. The Eastern world, it is exploding. Violence flaring. Bullets loading, you're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating, but you tell me over and over and over again, my friend. I, you don't believe we're on the eve of destruction. Don't you understand what I'm trying to say? Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today? If the button is pushed, there's no running away. There'll be no one to save with the world in a grave. Take a look around you, boy. It's bound to scare you, boy. And you tell, tell me, me over and over and over again, my friends. Don't believe we're on the eve of destruction. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, New York. New York, Tri-State, the world, listening on the 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. And you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your on your, on your your computers at wabcradio.tv. And we have a great show for you. A lot happening today. Happy March 1st, ladies and gentlemen. Good riddance to the first two months of this uh, depressing year. It's out. It's over. Spring is around the corner. St. Patrick's Day. Good things. Warm weather. And, uh, well, hopefully not the eve of destruction. Uh, Sid Rosenberg, my buddy, how the hell are you doing this morning? Good morning, my man Bernard. I'm good. I mean, like I said, March 1st is uh, is great news. I've got a huge month coming up, which you know about. Not everybody else does, but you do. The only thing, again, that's uh, keeping me from being very, very happy today is the fact that uh, as of this morning, still mo- no baseball, but I do feel like tonight this thing may get fixed. I'm starting to feel some... I'm feeling optimistic that baseball season will start on time. So outside of no baseball right now, I'm in a pretty good mood today. I like that. I think your optimism is well-placed. Once once money starts getting in the way, people take notice and they take action. All of, prior to all that, it's posturing. It's, uh, you know, it's tough guy uh, beating your chest. But, but once the paychecks aren't showing up, people start to say, well, you know what, that doesn't sound so, so not such a bad offer right The other there. thing is, I mean, you can't be so tone deaf. Look, again, I still enjoy sports. I'm two days removed from a Madison Square Garden matinee up there with my son, Gabriel. It was beautiful. I'm, I'm not one of those who are staying away from sports because I hate the athletes, and I do hate them. 
But you can't be that tone deaf. I mean, the world is coming off COVID. There are still a lot of people without jobs. Uh, we're on the brink of World War III. You're a Major League Baseball player. You're making millions and millions of dollars. The owners are billionaires. You cannot, you cannot take baseball away from your nine-to-five workers every day over millions of dollars. Nobody wants to hear that right now. Nobody. That's a v- very good point. I mean, we already know they're prima donnas, but this would just highlight it and, uh, you know, really – Really shine a light on it, and they don't want that. You're right. They don't want that. So those things will combine to uh, allow baseball to start. What is it, March 31st, game uh, number one? Yes, I, I yes. that's opening day. Yeah. Not the Mets or the Yankees. They start in early April, but, yes, March is supposed to be opening night. And as of now, they moved the deadline, Bernard, from yesterday to 5 p.m. today. So as of right now, March 31 is still in play. So you have that, and tonight, <laughs> tonight is going to be – it's going to be uh, funnier than, I don't know, uh, what's funny on TV these days? Is, is there anything funny? And Saturday Night Live certainly is not. You know, Curtis Sliwa was on Saturday Night Live. The Guardian Angels were on Saturday Night Live on Saturday. So I actually sat through it. Curtis, Curtis sent me a, a, a clip of the Guardian Angels on Saturday Night Live, and clearly he's one of the characters. They don't identify him by name, but the bit was like seven minutes long. And it was the most unfunny seven <laughs> minutes that I'll never get back that I had to watch because Curtis and the Guardian Angels didn't come into the very end. Yeah. yeah, They're kind of singing like Broadway songs. They're down in the subway. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. the kind of people, that, you know, the kind of uh, people from out of town. You know, uh, what do you call those people that live in Williamsburg these days? Uh, the, 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 Hippies, these, yuppies, uh, yeah, mill- yeah, millennials. Yeah, whatever. There's a name for whatever. They, they, Jerkoffs. <laughs> I like it. Perfect. Exactly. And so, so it was just brutal, terrible. Uh, and so, and, and then Curtis shows up, and I'll just give you a, a sense of how bad it was. Uh, Curtis yells uh, that people are doing something wrong, and you hear Curtis get off the uh, train with uh, his guardian angels, and the first thing you hear is stop, and that's Curtis's. Uh, uh, that's Curtis speaking. Just listen for like, I'll give you what twenty seconds. This is how bad it is. Take a listen. Stop right there. <gasps> Emily in Paris? No, we're the Guardian Angels. And if you're looking for a fight, you gotta go through us. Oh, Easy. really? <laughs> possibly the real Jesus Christ. Wearing my famous New York Islanders beer helmet. And if you want this subway, you'll have to kill me again first. Oh my God, it's all and then yes. on it went. Wow. And they sang songs, and it was just, and I'm like, I watched this. They never even mentioned, again, Curtis by name. Of course, he was happy to be highlighted on Saturday yeah. Night Live, yeah. you know, in his mind. You made it if they're mocking you on Saturday oh, Night Live. Of course, Live. of course. But uh, so anyway, tonight, uh, it's, 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 it's not going to be that funny. It's going to be that pathetic. That's what it's going to be. Uh, Joe Biden giving the State of the Union. He emerged from the basement yesterday. I don't know if you saw him walking from the helicopter to the White House. He's wearing a mask. It's 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 beautiful out. It's it's sunny. It's gorgeous. And this guy's moving. He's like uh, treading lightly, like he's wearing a wet diaper. He's uh, uh, wearing a mask. I mean, this is the uh, the commander in chief leading us out there in the Ukraine. <laughs> it's pathetic. I, I know as of Tuesday, though, the masks. Don't have to be worn anymore at the White House as well, of Tuesday. It, it, isn't that very convenient that they finally found science two days before yeah. he gives the speech? So the members of Congress do not have to sit there wearing masks, 
which they had to. Uh, it was mandated. You got fined five hundred dollars a day yep, yep. if you didn't wear it. So all of a sudden, two days before, and, and we're supposed to be so stupid that we don't realize, you know, that it it is all politics and time. No, but, but people are that stupid. You, you know, you you uh, <laughs> you're a lot more savvy when it comes to this stuff. A lot more than most people. Even I am, and I'm not as savvy as you. Most people have no idea they're that stupid. But I will tell you, when I picked up Gabriel from school yesterday at five thirty. The first thing he said to me before he said, Daddy, I love you, which he says every day when I pick him up from school. First thing he said was, Dad, no more masks next week. First thing. Now, he's at a private school, not a public school. So neither Kathy Hochul nor Eric Adams really makes the call for Gaby. But I guess his school has decided next week, private school in New York City, no more masks. It is based on this criminal CDC. Look, they abused kids for two years, and they finally wrapped it all up. Just in time for the imbecile to give his first State of the Union, uh, the kids be damned. They 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 were useful for some reason, some virtue signaling reason, or pandering to teachers' union, whatever the hell it was. And uh, now it's off, it's over. So, yeah, but he's uh, going to celebrate that tonight. He's going to be like, we beat this thing, and now the kids don't have to wear masks outside of private industry. No more masks. He's going to take the credit. He's going to beat his own chest. I want right. to. I want to hear one thing tonight. I don't want to hear about Putin. I don't want to hear about Belarus. I don't want to hear about any of it. I want to hear one thing, President Biden, one thing. How are you going to fix the inflation problem? That's it. Exactly right. And that's the, those are the main problems. You know, they took a poll at CPAC, and uh, 80% of the uh, poll, people polled, of course, they're all conservatives, uh, right-wingers. They said the uh, situation at the border was more important than the situation in Ukraine by this figure. 80 percent. I agree. The border more important than, than uh, what's happening than, than the Ukrainian border. And I agree a thousand percent as well. He won't even mention the border. So it's it's going to be an hour and a half of tedious, tedious spin. Well, he's got to mention inflation, supply chain shortage. He will mention that the economy has got no choice. It's got to mention those things. Maybe not the border. You're right. That's been a, a disaster, and Kamala Harris has done nothing. But I guarantee you he'll mention inflation and supply chain shortage. He will start out by saying, ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans, the State of the Union is, and the, he should say, pathetic. He should. <laughs> Usually they said the State of the Union is, they say the State of the Union is good, but they he'll say, he should say pathetic in my opinion. But uh, imagine... You remember, what was it? Was it a year ago or two years ago that Nancy Pelosi tore up the well, State of the Union Two speech? years ago, because last year Joe Biden was already president at oh, this right, time. Oh, right, right. That's right. Exactly right. right. So and by the way, Nancy ago. Pelosi will be standing behind Joe Biden again tonight with uh, Chuck Schumer, right? Or no? Uh, not, no, no. Uh, would it be Chuck Schumer? Yes, it would be Chuck Schumer, yes. Right? He's that's now right. the, the, right. the majority no, 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 leader. No, no, excuse me. It will be the vice president. Oh, come on. It will be okay. Pelosi and Kamala. Oh. And... Uh, yeah, I guess they won't be wearing masks uh, for the first time again because of this very convenient uh, new guidelines from the CDC handed down on Sunday. But, uh, uh, look, uh, imagine I was going to say if uh, somebody, like, say, Marjorie Taylor Greene ripped up the uh, the State of the Union <laughs> tonight. Right. Somebody should do that. Somebody should, uh, you know, just say, say hey, if it's good for, uh, you know, the old the Botox bag is good for me. I can do it as well. Yeah, the only, there's two issues. First of all, Green's not going to be there. I don't think Well, she And second of all, you got to be standing behind the president so there's a direct shot of you on television. Oh, no, no, I understand that. Uh, no, Green will be there. Oh, sure, she'll be in the chamber. 
But uh, she won't be sitting behind. Uh, right. <laughs> she yeah. won't be sitting behind Joe Biden. Unless you get like Ted Cruz to just like uh, just do a mad dash and run up to the podium and uh, knock Biden over and rip up the speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Hey, look, so as far as the war goes, uh, you know, they still haven't, uh, the Russians still have not conquered any big city. But, uh, you know, time is on their side. I mean, what's the rush? They got the, uh, I see 40-mile convoys coming in. Uh, They keep, uh, you know, you have bars making Molotov cocktails. They're handing out rifles to uh, old ladies. But these Russian Russian people, they're, they're animals. They're barbarians. The soldiers are crazy. They're half drunk. They don't want to be there. They're angry. Uh, so, and, and then you got the Chechens apparently coming in. So things are going to get a lot worse before they get a lot better. But you never fear. You have Joe Biden in charge. Remember this clip I played at the end of the show yesterday from Bob Gates? Sure. This guy was the uh, defense secretary, well-respected, under Bush 43 and under Obama as well, Bob Gates. And he sat down with uh, CBS News. Uh, you think it was Margaret Brennan. I think you're probably right, though it didn't happen over the weekend. This happened uh, a few months ago. In fact, it may, it may have happened before, just before Joe Biden became president, when he was the president-elect. And uh, this, this was very, very telling and very scary. Bob Gates infamously said that Joe Biden has been on the wrong side of every foreign policy decision uh, in, in, in his 40-year career. And that includes, by the way, uh, uh, taking out Osama bin Laden. He advised Obama not to do it. He said, do not do this. Uh, it's, it's, it's the wrong move. He was on the wrong side of that. I will remind people. Anyway, listen to this exchange. I don't agree with that, but okay. <laughs> you don't agree that he was against it? No. Oh, oh no, he was against it. I'm not. Oh, I thought he, he, he wanted to kill bin Laden, and they didn't want him to, so he was against that. Oh, yeah, he was against what, wow. exactly what uh, Rob O'Neill and his uh, you know, teammates did. He was against that decision to send in that force to kill or capture Osama bin Laden. He said no. He said, if if you're asking me, I say do not do it. So he was on the wrong side of that decision as well. This is Bob Gates again talking to the CBS News reporter. And, uh, well, take a listen. Reading your memoir before we sat down to talk. And you said in your memoir, I think he's been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. Would he be an effective commander-in-chief? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I stand by that statement. I stand by that statement. Wow. So that, and that's like a very well-respected. So nevertheless, uh, that's who we have leading us tonight he's going to give the speech you're not going to see uh well, you're not going to see this guy elliot engel this charlie chaplin looking chump remember he used to stand at the uh yep. entrance he'd wait there for like 16 hours to have his spot so he when the president came out he would be in the cameras he would be in the shot well he was deposed by i think it was jamal bowman up in the bronx uh, so you won't see that you'll see other spectacles i guess I don't know. Uh, Joe Biden can. I guess he can read a teleprompter. They're going to shoot him in the ass with all kinds of drugs, and keep him awake for uh, you know ninety minutes. Keep him energized, I guess. Uh, but uh, it, it'll be interesting. You going to watch the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, in the past, I used to actually live tweet when I first started doing politics on my sports shows down in Florida to to have people take notice. Bernard, I would actually live tweet during the event, and I did that for a very, very long time. I maybe do that again tonight. 
Every time Biden screws up, at least right there in the moment, I can present it to the audience. So I will watch the whole thing, and I may even live tweet at Sid Rosenberg. So you have uh, certain people who are, you know, they really want us to get involved in the war uh, on the ground, actually. And there's one thing they're calling for is a... uh, is a no-fly zone, which means that, uh, you know, nobody can fly over Ukraine, and that includes Russians. And that would entail us, if a Russian plane goes over the Ukraine, we would have to shoot it down. And one of the, yeah, they're dragging us right into the war. And one of these uh, crazy uh, chicken hawks, well, actually, this guy served in the military, so maybe he he doesn't qualify as a chicken hawk, but he's a complete and total psycho. He's not even running for re-election because he knows he's doomed. He's a Republican who became a Morning Joe, a George Stephanopoulos, Chuck Todd favorite. His name is Adam Kinzinger. Yeah. Listen to him. Listen to this guy calling for a no-fly zone. Like that. That's the last thing we need. But take a listen to him. I think this is time where we need to, at the invitation of Ukraine, declare Ukraine a no-fly zone enforced by NATO and the United States. We certainly have the capability to do that. The airspace is still contested by the Ukrainians. We could certainly shut down Russian air operations, even if we don't directly engage Russian troops on the ground. I mean, that's crazy. And you had... uh... It's just nuts. You, you, even though you don't engage Russian troops on the ground, it doesn't matter. You shut down a, a freaking uh, a Russian jet, and uh, we're at war. And World War Three has commenced. Uh, that's how stupid they are. You even had the guy Richard Engel tweet out the same thing. He was showing pictures on uh, NBC of the convoy, and he said, would it be such a bad thing if we got this, the NATO to bomb this convoy? Of course, Ukraine is not a member of NATO. Once we did that, we would be in World War Three, and it would be, you know, then nukes are seriously on the table at that point. But uh, I digress. I started out by saying it's March 1st. It is 17 days till St. Patrick's Day, 21 days till spring. It is a beautiful thing. March, April, May, June. I even love saying it. It makes me happy on the Bernie and Sid show. So stay positive, folks. Those, uh, those peace talks, by the way, on the border of Belarus, and the Ukraine are ongoing. They've, they bore no fruit yesterday. However, they're going to continue again today. So keep hope alive here on the Bernie and Sitcha, 1-800-848-9222. We're coming right back. Uh, 25 on your Tuesday morning, back here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Ghost in You by the Psychedelic Furs. This goes out to Lou Rafino, back to day number two. Lou is a big, big Psychedelic Furs fan. I don't know if Bernie knew that. I didn't know that. When, when did this um, Psychedelic Furs thing yeah, happen? W- w- did you get hit by a truck or something? <laughs> oh, these uh, these guys are great in the 80s. Well, when did this, uh, this big fandom, Lou, start for you with the Psychedelic Furs? When did that all start? Uh, I would say around the early 50s. 
80, sorry. You just said 80. The 80s, yes. Right, yeah. 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 You drunk 80. again? Yeah. No. Yeah. Not no, yet. Not, not again. Not yet. Not again. Not right. Still. I think, uh, but, but Bernie, he did make the point uh, showing up at about 5 o'clock in the morning the last couple of days, first couple of days here at ABC, that uh, he may have to be drunk by 6 o'clock in the morning. Just... I, I, I've never seen more sound effects in a news hour in my life. <laughs> I've never seen. I thought P.T. Barnum was going to show up. Listen. Uh, that is. This is a real radio station as opposed to where you just came from. Oh. This is oh the... let me wow. just, I'll give you, for, for that, I'll just give you this. Whoosh. There's no joke here. This is, uh, you know, this ain't. Uh, well, that was a that was a Putin missile Bernie just levied at a cu- WOR. A couple of microphones and uh, you know, <laughs> whoosh. A couple of uh, you know, an old guy in a, a Broadway theater. Tell crowd. me when you're done, Bernie, because I'm getting ready. Go ahead. <laughs> this whoosh. Is, this is for real, yo. For real. This is so for get, real. No, so I can get tell. Ready. I can tell. I could tell. John Katzimatidis, yeah. baby. He's, he he makes everything available to uh, yeah. all his talent. No, he does. Do, do you know what happens so far in every break? What's been going on with Sid? You know what he's been doing to me? What? He every just, break. He, this is every break so far, and I've been here two days. Yeah. He has brought up all these old stories. <laughs> he just randomly, and Justin is showing me something, and he goes, remember that night we were out there, and we got in, and we it, it took me, when's the last time I saw Sid? Four years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I was just telling Luke and, uh, and Justin, I, I, I had gotten over all those stories. I'd forgotten all of them, and now I'm back here, and he's bringing them all back up again. Isn't uh, it great? Isn't it great? Um, whoosh. No. <laughs> I do the same thing with Bernard. I can't help but nostalgize every now and then. And you and I, you and I, uh, to be honest, had some moments. Even though I remember one night, you, me, and Danielle uh, living in Chelsea, and you and I... We went out drinking, the three of us, and then she went back to the apartment. You and I went to some gay bar in Chelsea. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was not my choice, <laughs> by the way. That's so everybody knows. Okay. Oh, oh, I saw you guys there. Hey, remember, Bernie, you were there? Yeah, we walked yeah. in? You were, the, you were the bouncer, I think, that night. I think. Well, uh, yeah, but and I was you went, come on break. in, yo. There's a lot of memories. Break. We'll bring up a lot of memories on this show. Lou is back uh, for, for day number two. I hope I'm gone before that. <laughs> You know, you've got a dilemma tonight, uh, Bernie. You brought up tonight is the State of the Union, of course, with uh, President Biden. But as I mentioned yesterday, and this is something that you seem very interested in watching, on New York 1 tonight, day two of the Republican State Convention, which is out on Long Island. It's not in Manhattan. It's on Long Island. Uh, Tonight on New York 1 is the gubernatorial debate between Andrew Giuliani, uh, uh, Astorino, Lee Zeldin, and Harry Wilson. In fact, Andrew Giuliani will join me and you this morning, Bernie, coming up at 840. So there's your dilemma. Do you watch the gubernatorial debate on New York 1 or the president at the State of the Union? You know, uh, it, I marvel at this fact that you – I've said this to you many, many times. I have a DVR system, yeah. and so I have no dilemma whatsoever. <laughs> I, I will be able to watch both. I don't know how to use that. So for I me, it's that, like a dilemma. That is amazing to me that you have it available to you. It's really, really simple. Yeah. And, and it's so convenient. Again, it enables me to watch both, uh, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, won't watch, but you won't watch both tonight. So you'll watch one tonight, I guess, and maybe one tomorrow, I, I guess, right? Uh, yeah. Nine o'clock, the, uh, the State of the Union is nine o'clock. Right. I'm sure the debate is like 7 o'clock, so I'll be able to catch parts of both. I'm going to watch the whole State of the Union, to be quite honest with you. I don't want to miss, uh, you know, whatever happens, uh, Biden falls over or something like that. I want to be there to watch it live. <laughs> I want to see it, you know, live. So, uh, yeah, I'll get them, I'll get, I'll get them both. Uh, anyway, it should be interesting to watch this debate. 
with your boy Errol Lewis and uh, this fourth candidate, Harold Wilson, who actually at one point uh, he actually complimented Alvin Bragg. Oh, no, complimented. He donated money. Boris. Oh, oh, my God. Boris. So <laughs> you're in, it seems like you're in for Rob Astorino. I am on record saying I'm endorsing Lee Zeldin. I'm not going to lie, though. Andrew Giuliani is making that decision very, very difficult. I'm sticking with Lee because I've been there from the beginning. But every time Giuliani comes on, whether it's him or his father, it's so impressive that it's it's it's, it's kind of gnawing at me. But uh, you're in for Astorino. You're not going to change your mind, are you? Oh, I could change my mind, sure. Yeah, I huh? keep an open mind. I'm in for Astorino, I would say, you know, 90% at this point. But I'm keeping a definite open mind. I want to win. Right. This is not a, you know... Hey, I know this guy. I'm going to back him, and uh, it's not that that at all. I want to see them perform. I want to see uh, yeah, electability is everything. I want to see who can possibly take this uh, Governor Kathy Hopeless down. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. So yeah, I'm keeping an open mind. I'm leaning towards Astorino at this point, but I could go anywhere. Okay, Astorino is a great politician, a great talker, a smart guy. No, I love him too. Love him, uh, too. He's very glib, quick on his feet, et yep. cetera, et cetera, and that's what you need. I was talking to uh, Gene, my limo-slash-cab driver, this morning on the way in. And, uh, you know, the reason why I love Gene so much is, A, rain, sleet, snow, doesn't matter, 4.30 a.m. Gene is outside my apartment building waiting for me. And the second reason is we have a nice conversation, Bernie, when I first enter the car. Then he leaves me alone, which, you know, I can't talk all morning. You know, I can't do it. So it's a perfect relationship. But he was bitching this morning about the mayor, Eric Adams. He can't stand him. He's an African-American guy, all that stuff. So it's not racism. He thinks he's a clown. And he goes, do you believe this son of a bitch just gave Uber another 5% increase? I mean, how badly does Eric Adams want to destroy cab drivers like me. So that's how my morning started. Before 4.45 a.m. this morning, already an Eric Adams complaint. Well, listen, these cab drivers have gone through hell, abject hell. Uh, A lot of them, of course, uh, they own their own cars. Some of them, uh, a lot own the the, the medallions. And, of course, with the the ascendance of uh, the Uber and Lyft cars, the rideshare cars, They've gotten totally screwed. They have a lot of suicides. So I don't blame them for being pissed off. What is? Say it again. What is Eric Adams doing? What is this latest? Another thing? another increase for uh, Uber. I guess another five percent for Uber. While the uh, and by the way, he, he also complained. He said, "Listen, in all fairness to Eric Adams, Giuliani didn't help the cabbies. Bloomberg didn't help the cabbies. The Blasio was the worst of the bunch." So he said, uh, "This has gone back like thirty years." where the local officials, the mayor specifically, has not really been there for the cabbies. But now with the Ubers and the Lyfts and all those guys, now it's really become an issue. And uh, he complained this morning that Eric Adams looks out for Uber but not for the cab drivers. That's too bad. I feel terrible for these cab drivers, most of them, of course, immigrants. I feel a solidarity with them uh, being a former cab driver myself. Drove a cab for about 10 years at night. Yeah, that's why you almost, well, you, you never, never, of, of course, Cody Sliwa is a dear friend of both of ours, and he was our guy, but that's why you initially were, were positive about Fernando Mateo entering the race. Exactly right. He was a, an advocate for uh, cab drivers, taxi drivers, bodega owners as well. And uh, by, by the way, I used to work in essentially a bodega 
up in Yonkers as well there, read it. Huh? Yes, that's when you sold so, uh, cocaine. Why... You sold cocaine and made well, uh, turkey yeah, sandwiches. You know, I mean, we had a, we, we, no. turkey sandwiches. <laughs> Got the call and, uh, you know, a little, uh, you, you sold, little you sold salami over here. David Berkowitz, his uh, lottery tickets before he went out and uh, did what he had to do on the street. So. His lottery and his cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. I did story. all that. So, so I felt, uh, uh, yeah, I did. That's why I like Fernando Mateo. Yeah. And the cab drivers as well. And, and these poor people who emigrated here, put all their money in these uh, yellow cabs uh, to, to work hard. And they work their asses off. In this. I mean, driving a taxi is one of the most difficult jobs. There's a reason why. Dangerous, too. You don't see you don't see any more white people driving taxis. Never. You don't see women driving taxis. Very rarely. Right. And you, you talk about equality. I mean, it's there. You want to go do it? Go do it. Yeah. They don't do it. No, it's a dangerous you have, job. You have immigrants doing it. It's a terrible, dangerous job. And to have the rug pulled out from under them after they invested so much money in, you know, their craft, their trade there, is uh, very, very sad to me. And that's why you saw so many uh, suicides amongst them and continue to see that. And Eric Adams piling on. Uh, I'm not a fan. I don't like that at well, all. Well, there you have it. So uh, they titled yesterday's podcast, We're with the Ukraine, for me and you. And this morning, we're with the cabbies. Me and Bernie Damn are with right. the Gene, all you guys, Kenny. We are with Thanks for doing uh, my job for me there, sir. All right. Uh, Bo De- You're welcome, Justin Alec. Uh, Bo Deedle will stop by, as he does every Tuesday, coming up at 740. He's always a magnificent guest. Andrew Giuliani, one of the four big guns running for governor, he'll be here at 840. And then today is March the 1st. It is the beginning of Colon Cancer Awareness Month. We did this last year on this date. We're doing it again from the biggest gastro place in the country, in New Jersey, We'll talk to Dr. George Pavlou and, of course, my good buddy, Stefano Pucic. All coming up on this Tuesday edition, Bernie, of Bernie and Sid. And traffic and sports also, Sid, coming up next right now. It is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the Rita Cosby Show weeknights at 10 o'clock here. Rita talks about Biden and Russia. Well, there has been so much criticism of the way that America has handled this. Still not sanctioning, by the way, oil and gas from Russia. How could they not be doing that? That is basically the financial supply for Russia that helps them to be able to beef up their military. Think about that. We are still buying oil and gas from Russia. We also have not sanctioned oil and gas from Russia throughout the world, not just us, but also NATO and others. Why are we not doing it? That is their lifeline. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Another night, another loss for the ice-cold Brooklyn Nets. Of course, nobody's playing these days. No Kevin Durant, no Ben Simmons, no Kyrie Irving. And, man, they got hammered last night. A 133-97, to 36-point loss to the Toronto Raptors. The Nets right now are at 32-30. and 30. So if the season ended today, they'd still make the playoffs. They're the eighth seed right now inside the Eastern Conference. Two games better than both Charlotte and Atlanta. The Knickerbockers, they're up until tomorrow night. They will once again take on the three seed inside the East. Joel Embiid, James Harden, and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Knicks right now, 11 games under 500, the 13th seed inside the Eastern Conference. To the ice last night, the Devils jumped out to an early 3 nothing lead and moved to an easy 7-2 win over the Vancouver Canucks. Big night for Hughes, a goal, and an assist. There's Hughes with the intercept. Off to the races. It's a two-on-one. He's got Mercer with him. Hughes shoots. He scores! Jack Hughes opens the scoring. 
Islanders and uh, Islanders, I should say, an avalanche coming up later on tonight. Major League Baseball, they did not fix it as of yesterday. They moved the deadline to 5 p.m. this afternoon before they start canceling regular season games. There is some optimism they can get that fixed today. And former Yankee great and Miami Marlins CEO Derek Jeter stepped down yesterday after four and a half losing years in Miami. He also has decided to give up his share of the baseball team. Derek Jeter's days in Miami are officially over. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid. Getting heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download it. You're going to love it. Great programming all day long on 77 WABC. You know, I always thought about this song, Edwin Starr in War. I love the song. I also love his other song, 25 Miles to Go. But uh, when he says war, what is it good for? Well, if we had that mentality, uh, we wouldn't have stormed the beaches of Normandy. And uh, Germany would still, I mean, Europe would still be, uh, they'd be speaking German all over the European continent. Not only that, but you wouldn't have the movie Saving Private Ryan. How terrible <laughs> would that be? <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. That's funny right there. Yeah. But you're right about that, exactly. Uh, so that's always been my thought on that. Hey, listen, uh, just as an aside, they did uh, arrest two mutts, two, two abject animals who should be put to sleep. Uh, the guy who threw the feces on the woman on the East 241st Street uh, train station up in the Bronx, they busted this uh, this this uh, this cretin with who has a, an extensive rap sheet. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> and was not a does. white supremacist, of right. course. And the same thing with the the lady Nina Rothschild. She was a really a highly uh, you know she was a, she, she was a high ranking Department of Health official in New York City. This poor lady going home late Friday night getting kicked down the stairs and, and having her head smashed with a hammer. They caught this mud as well. Again, another one. Was, was it the ex- same guy? It was the same guy. No, th- different guy. Different oh. guy, but uh, same situation. Oh, three days later. You're right. Yeah, right priors right. galore. And, again, Mr. Katzmatidis, and I've been saying it for a long time as well, uh, whatever happened to three strikes and you're out? Three strikes and you're out, man. You know what? All right, make it five strikes and you're out. You never see the light of day again, or, or you, you never breathe free air. Boy, you can like, make it 10. I mean, these, these people have like 19, 39. I mean, I saw one guy had 72 prior. 72! What is that? It's absolutely make it 10. insane what we're doing to ourselves. Suicidal. I mean, that's the whole thing with the uh, woke tards. 
is uh, they want to dismantle this country. They hate this country. I mean, that's that's their M.O. is uh, is just everything that's right. They turn it on their heads and they make it the other way around. Coddle the criminal. And, and you have 60 year old ladies working for the Department of Health who are doing things constructive, uh, sitting in the hospital in critical condition. That's the end result of a woke policy. Everything woke turns to shizzle. And that's why uh, any one of these four candidates, and I guess at this point I have to include Harry Wilson. I really don't. As far as I'm concerned, it's Zeldin, Giuliani, and Astorino. But if you want to include Get Wilson, that's fine. Uh, that That is why their job becomes easier. I really believe that. I know we vote Democrat here, whether it's mayor or governor. I know Hochul will be the overwhelming favorite. But all they have to do is bring up week by week, all the crimes and the criminals and the priors. It's got to make their job easier, Bernie. You would think. You would think in a rational world. And again, I think we're, we're going back. The awakening, the uh, getting religion of the electorate. I hope so. Uh, did you get Eric Adams, by the way, uh, Justin? He talked about the uh, feces lady, the feces, feces guy and lady. Do you happen to get that, by the way, Eric Adams? Yes, sir, I do have. Uh, listen to what our esteemed mayor, by the way, the first two months of the year has seen crime skyrocket. Quite the opposite uh, effect we were hoping for with Eric Adams. But this is what he said about the uh, feces guy. Take a listen. Human waste and someone spitting in your face. Uh, you know, those are real signs of mental health issues. And we keep going back to that conversation. So and we really must dig into how we're dealing with these mental health issues. Be quiet. It's very simple. You lock their asses up. Oh, please. You put them out on an island somewhere in the East River. I wouldn't even just do that. With a guy like this, because it was such a disgusting crime, I would have somebody else throw feces in his face. I know eye well, for an eye is a bit barbaric, I like but I swear to God, locking this guy up is not even enough for me, and enough with the mental health stuff. These people are animals. They're yeah, animals. I'm talking about prior to what he did, he should have been on an island. But now, yes. forget the mental health thing. He belongs in Rikers Island in a cell with, uh, you know, a, 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 a 10 by 15 cell with 25 other inmates yeah. lying on the floor, That's sucking right. his thumb, uh, lying in his own uh, urine. Getting his ass kicked and maybe raped every night. I'd be fine with that. Exactly. I don't give a rat's ass about him. I care about the lady that he, he shoved the uh, feces in her face. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, the news is still happening, folks, despite the 24-7 coverage, seemingly, of the Ukraine-Russia war. But doesn't that piss you off? Here's Eric Adams, Mr. Law and Order. And again, I know it's easy, Sid, bashing Eric Adams. But, you know, kind of reminds me of Barack Obama. After every, every terrorist attack, I've said this many, many times, he wasn't pissed. It was like, don't be mad at your Muslim neighbors. He wasn't pissed off about the beautiful twin couple from New Jersey, the brother and sister that were murdered in an airport in Brussels while he was doing the wave down in Cuba with Castro's brother. Same thing with Eric Adams. How about getting pissed at this animal? Instead, mental health, mental health. I want to punch yep. Eric Adams right across the face. Uh, you know what? He invokes mental health when he can invoke gun violence because their mantra has been gun violence again out of control. As Though the guns were committing the crimes. Listen. The lady got hit with a hammer. That's not a gun. This woman got hit with feces. That's not a gun. It's it's an atmosphere of lawlessness, a callous disregard from life on the part of a certain segment of the population. That's what we should be dealing with. Forget about your mental health. Forget about your gun violence. It's lawlessness uh, starting from, well, the disrespect of the police, the overreaction to the George Floyd murder, et cetera, et cetera. I've said it a million times. Let me move on to this. President Trump. These people can't get over President Trump. He gave a great, great speech Saturday night. We talked about this yesterday. Prior to the invasion of the Ukraine, 
uh, Trump had called uh, well, he, he called Putin uh, savvy and a smart guy. Uh, so, and by the way, a lot of people have done the same thing. You had the Washington Post headlines talking about the genius that is the genius they call a headline. The genius that is Vladimir Putin. Nevertheless, uh, this is this that was prior to the invasion. Maybe it didn't age well. But uh, either, either way, either way, he's not a dumb guy. He is a smart guy. He is a very smart guy. Pompeo said the same thing last week. Don't confuse evil with intelligence. I mean, I hate to invoke this name, but I can because I'm Jewish. Hitler wasn't stupid. He was an animal or murderer. Right. And, but he wasn't stupid. You don't get to take over, uh, you know, a continent because you, if you're a moron. Right. Uh, and so essentially that's what he although, did. Although Joe Biden did become president, and you can make the argument he's a moron. You that's can. That's a good point. Another good point out of Sid Rosenberg. But listen, uh, Sunday morning, uh, 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 Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, he was on with uh, George Stephanopoulos. And Stephanopoulos just completely, totally, he has this uh, Trump derangement syndrome. Listen to him badgering Tom Cotton over Trump. You've never made that mistake. It is true. You've been stalwart in your opposition to Vladimir Putin. The same cannot be said for the leader of your party, Donald Trump. Uh, last night, he finally condemned the invasion, but he also repeated his praise of Putin, calling him smart. Earlier in the week, he called him pretty smart. He called him savvy. He says NATO and the U.S. are dumb. Are you prepared to condemn that kind of rhetoric from the leader of your party? George, you've heard what I have to say about Vladimir Putin, that he is a ruthless dictator who's launched a naked, unprovoked war of aggression. Thankfully, the Ukrainian army has anti-tank missiles that President Obama would not supply, that we did supply last time Republicans were in charge in Washington. That's why it's so urgent that we continue to supply those weapons to Ukraine. Remember that, folks. President Trump sent the Ukrainians javelin anti-tank missiles, which they desperately wanted, and Obama said no. So, yeah, he's savvy, but Trump sent them arms. He sent the Ukrainians arms to kill Russians. Uh, so you, th- you would think that Stephanopoulos was done, right? Okay, that was the question, answer, move on to the next thing. No, it continued. Listen. Why can't you condemn Donald Trump for those comments? George, if you want to know what Donald Trump thinks about Vladimir Putin or any other topic, I'd encourage you to invite him on your show. Nice. I don't speak on behalf of other politicians. They can speak for themselves. I speak on behalf of Arkansans, who I talked to this week and who are appalled at what they saw in Ukraine, and they want me right now to fight in Washington to support those brave Ukrainians. Now, do you think George Stephanopoulos ever asked a Democrat senator, uh, do you condemn Kamala Harris raising money to bail out Please. people who threw bricks and assaulted police officers during the 2020 riots? Do you think he asked any one Democrat senator that question? I doubt it. I mean, I don't uh, yeah, think so. Yeah, that, you, actually... you, you think he asked time and time again if they apologized to Kyle Rittenhouse? Well, did you apologize? He was acquitted. Yeah. You know, he was acquitted. Did you apologize about Kyle Rittenhouse? I mean, this guy is a beady-eyed little a sneaky weasel POS And, uh, okay, so that's it, right? No, no, there's a little more. Go ahead. Play that one. You're a senior member of the Republican Party. Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. He said last night again, suggested that he would be running for president. When Fox News asked him if he had a message for Vladimir Putin, he said he has no message. Why can't you condemn that? I feel quite confident (laughs) that if if, uh, Barack Obama or Joe Biden said something like that, you'd be first in line to criticize him. Again, George, if you want to talk to the former president about his views or his message, you can have him on your show. My message to Vladimir Putin is quite clear. He needs to leave Ukraine unless he wants to face moms and teenagers with Molotov cocktails 
and grandmothers and grandfathers with AK-47s for years to come. I'm speaking on behalf of all our Kansans well, well, who well, want well, me to send that message to him. Why couldn't Cotton say, though, listen, clearly you're stuck on Donald Trump. I've already said more than once. If you want to talk to him, talk to him. But but I'll ask you this, George Stephanopoulos. Why was it in the four years Donald Trump was in power that Vladimir Putin would even consider something like this, murdering innocent civilians in the streets? Why are you asking that? What would you ask right. Trump about? That? Why wouldn't he say and, that? At least fire back and give give Donald Trump a little bit of credit. And remember this, uh, Trump unified NATO. He got these countries to pay their fair share. All these things, he actually made us energy independent, which lessened uh, and lowered the price of oil, which lessened the Putin's power, all those things. And all these questions, by the way, oh, and he killed about 200 Russian soldiers when he bombed the, 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 that Syrian uh, uh, military base. Yeah. Knowing those soldiers were there, he killed 200 Russian soldiers. So he's no Putin stooge. Apparently, that's the uh, implication Stephanopoulos wants. And this line of questioning from Stephanopoulos to Cotton came the day after Trump said this at the CPAC convention. Listen to Donald Trump. The Russian attack on Ukraine is appalling. It's an outrage and an atrocity that should never have been allowed to occur. It never would have occurred. We are praying for the proud people of Ukraine. God bless them all. God bless them all. <laughs> An unequivocal condemnation yep. of, of Vladimir Putin. And yet this little uh, skunk continues with that line of questioning. It's just absolutely it, it's mind boggling. It really is. What do they think? We're stupid that, that we're not going to have this tape. Uh, nobody thought nobody thought that Vladimir Putin would do what he did which was go all in and invade the whole Ukraine and, uh, you know, bomb cities and all that stuff. Nobody, nobody thought that. So to say that he was smart, a lot of people said he was smart, and he is smart. I'll say it again. He is smart. I'll say it right now. He's smart. He's evil. He's a murderer. He's all those horrible things that you want to label him, but he's smart. I'll tell you what, a lot smarter than the guy who's going to speak to our nation later on tonight. Absolutely. So the fake news goes on unabated despite all their missteps and their uh, mistakes and they're falling for uh, what about a dozen hoaxes over the years uh, they continue to obsess over one man i mean in the midst of all that's going on yeah, they don't hey care. trump called the, the, they don't Putin care savvy they don't care they don't no, care no, if, no. A, if a million ukrainians died in the streets of kiev later on tonight if you gave them the choice you can spare a million ukrainian lives but that means trump would have to win in 2024 Trust me when I tell you, they'll take a million dead Ukrainians. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Really, sadly. Sadly is what it is. 1-800-848-9222. We're going to speak to this great man. His name is Bo Deedle. We're going to speak to Andrew Giuliani. He's going to debate uh, Rob Astorino, Lee Zeldin, and some other clown <laughs> in a Republican a gubernatorial <laughs> debate on New York 1 tonight, folks, at about 7 o'clock. If you haven't, watch it. Should be good. Here on the Bernie and Sid Show, we're coming right back. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard again everywhere in that 77 WABC app. You know, the Russians used a bomb similar to the mother of all bombs yesterday, except it's, uh, it's called something else, whatever. And it's outlawed by the Geneva Convention, so they're already uh, in war criminal territory. Just invading the country was bad enough. But uh, these Russians, I'm telling you, they're barbarians. 
They're speaking of animals. They're troops. They're disgruntled. They're drunks. And uh, they may not be the best fighters in the world at this stage, but they're ruthless. So they're going to abuse the population. So it's very, very scary. We'll talk to, uh, again, Bo Deedle. We'll speak to Bo Deedle on this, on uh, Eric Adams. And we'll speak to Andrew Giuliani, who will take place in this gubernatorial debate tonight on New York One. And we love Andrew Giuliani. Why? Well, he's, he's very good, but we love his dad. Our colleague here at 77 WABC. Coming right back, ladies and gentlemen. Black balloon makes a fly. Almost fell into that hole in your life. You're not thinking about tomorrow. Cause you were the same. on your Tuesday morning. Bo Deedle will be here this hour, every Tuesday morning at 7.40. He does a great job. Black Balloon there by the Goo Goo Dolls. Justin Ellick is, um, I don't know, he's not paying attention to me today. I'm very upset with you. Right before you said that, I was like, watch this, he's going to rip me. I'm not going to rip you. What do you mean I'm not paying attention? You're you're just not. You're 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 like yelling at me. You know, you're like... I'm well, I've asked, to, I'm I've asked you to do two, on, I've asked you content to do, on different things. Right, so different if I things. miss something, you know, You've missed I, everything. I You've missed everything I've asked no, you to do today. That is not I, true. Yes, everything. That is not I true. I asked you to do two or three things today. That's it. And you've failed at all three. Lou knows it. He's sitting right there. That is a Bernie fa- doesn't know because Bernie's at home, but it's 100% true. That's a falsehood. I've, it's fine. I, I it, it, everything it, it, you, you asked for. Nothing. It's fine. It's all good. You're like lying. I love you. I'm not lying at all. But it's okay. I love you. It's it's fun. It's, it's so complete good. and total fabrication. Citizen adult, he can get over it. And uh, I you see that burn. Like hope so, but but uh, you got you got to listen. Come on, Justin. I'm no. look, I'm Bernie, trying. you missed it this morning during the uh, during the early morning news. These two got into it a little bit as well. So uh, oh no kidding, quite a bit of a quarrel these two are having. Yeah, well, I mean well, it's it's a little bit of a lovers' uh, quarrel. That's fair. Right, Luke. it turned into a physical altercation, and we they, both took our pants off. There's <laughs> a lot of affinity between the two of them. So uh, uh, listen, you're right. Bernie's right. I love him, and it's all good. But he's he's not paying attention to me today. I've asked number two or three. It's fine. It's okay. What have you asked me for that I haven't gotten you? Uh, well, first of all, this, that wasn't the song I asked for. About I know it seems. Okay, that's one it thing. Seems it seems that's small to you. So I'll play that song for your next No, segment. it's too late. I don't want you to play it now. You don't want me to play it? No. Okay, fine. You ever do that, uh, Bernie, with Carol, where, like, your wife will ask for something, and then, you know, it, it, you're innocent. You're innocent, but it didn't happen, and she's like, I don't want it now. And you're like, why? Yeah. I'm going to well, do it. Why? It's, What's it's, the big deal? It's five seconds later. It's kind of a childish move, but... Uh, yes. It's one to uh, break the other person's, uh, you know, you know what. Right. <laughs> you can cut the tension <laughs> in this studio about. with a knife, Martin. You really can. No, nah, there's no tension. All right, so hour number two, we got Bo Deedle coming up this hour, Bill O'Reilly's morning message. We did talk about Eric Adams a little bit last hour. So uh, baseball, of course, uh, they moved their deadline from last night to 5 p.m. today. 
in an effort to uh, iron out these talks between the owners and the players and make sure, as Bernie pointed out, the regular season starts on time on March the 31st. And we mentioned this in the very first segment an hour ago. I said that these guys are tone deaf, that in a world that's just getting over COVID, there's still lots of jobs to be had out there. People are still not 100%. The last thing they care about, even me, I'm a diehard Met fan, diehard. I want baseball really badly. The last thing we want to hear about are billionaire owners and millionaire players quarreling over money. They don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. People struggling with inflation and, uh, yeah, jobs getting over COVID, all this stuff. How about people in Sheepshead Bay right now that have uh, season tickets to the Mets or the Yankees in Brighton Beach right now that are worried their aunts and uncles are going to get blown up tonight by Putin in Ukraine? I mean, please. Or maybe when they, uh, you know, they're on their way to work, they're going to get hit in the head with a hammer on the way down the uh, subway station. Or a bag of stinky duty. I mean, all that stuff is out there. They don't want to hear this nonsense. You know what? Get your cleats, get your gloves, get your jocks, and uh, get out there on the field and shut up. Even the mayor himself, even the mayor, this guy doesn't know what they get involved in first. He's involved in so many different things, TV shows, and but he's involved in baseball, and yes, in this case, Eric Adams had the right message. I'm going to, you know, really reach out uh, to Major League Baseball and just say, you know, let's let's try to get this resolved. Uh, we need sports, and you know, all of these large cities, uh, it's important. So I'm hoping they can work this out in the uh, ne- negotiations uh-huh. so that we can play ball. <laughs> Negotiations, I was (laughs) Negotiations, yeah. Uh, Well, listen, hopefully uh, his influence will mean something, but uh, I completely doubt it. So do I. So, uh, you know, we're also into March. Bernie, you brought this up the very top of the show. March the 1st, and it really is a good month. You've got spring, as you mentioned, coming up in a couple of weeks. St. Patrick's Day, the start of baseball, if that does happen. Weather starts to improve. Most importantly, I move out of New York City. I'll have more details on that later. But, Luke, you you have put together... A, uh, a basketball pool, because everybody knows March, of course, is March Madness, college basketball. My greatest story ever is years ago, I was in Miami, and every year I would do a college basketball March Madness pool on the show page, Sid Rosenberg show page, and I always try to find some really glamorous prizes. Bernie knows this story. Uh, one year, I convinced my dear friend, he's dead now, Dennis Hoff, the owner of the Bunny Ranch out in Nevada. He owned like 16 whorehouses, this guy. He died about three years ago. He was a good guy, actually. He was a great guy. He was on with you and I a bunch. When you describe him, he sounds like, uh, you know, like a lowlife, but he wasn't. He was actually a good guy running a legitimate business. No, he was a lowlife, but I loved him. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it, it was a, he was a decent, uh, funny guy. I he met was. him several times my damn self. He was. And I, I liked him. He was a, a, a staunch Republican. He couldn't stand Harry Reid. They're both dead now. And they would fight all the time about legalized prostitution in Nevada. I loved him, too. He was, he was a legitimate friend. So I said to him one year on the phone, I go, hey, Denny, the basketball tournament starts in a couple of weeks. Would you be okay if I gave the winner of my tournament a two-day stay at the Bunny Ranch. Absolutely. You remember Dennis, Bernie. Absolutely. Whatever Mm -hmm. you want. Not only did the guy get a three-day stay, he actually provided limo service back and forth from the airport in Reno. And then the guy was supposed to get one girl. The guy called me Monday morning back on the air in Miami. Five girls in a bathtub. Slept with every one of them. Every one of them didn't charge the guy a penny. So, so as a story well, uh, goes, that's because the guy he contracted syphilis. No, <laughs> he probably did. But as the story goes, a very famous basketball analyst, you know this guy, Luke Legrano, Brian Windhorst. You know who that is? Windhorst at sea, baby. Of course I do. So he's on ESPN one morning in like Cleveland or somewhere, 
And he mentions my name. He goes, you know, guys, I just saw you giving away a flat-screen TV for your March Madness winner. There's a guy down in Miami. His name is Sid Rosenberg. Do you know this guy's giving away a three-day stay at a whorehouse in, in the box? He goes, match that. And, and I played that audio, Bernie, for like three years. I was so proud of myself that I got that done yeah. with Dennis Hoff. But the Luke Lograno has a March Madness bracket gift about to go up. What is that all about? Yeah, so this is actually my first ex- uh, exposure to gambling. Was uh, It's a called a capture pool, and the way it works is that everyone's randomly assigned a team, and if you're playing a game and you don't cover the spread, uh, the person who lost now takes your team, and that was my first idea. What, what if you have, like, a top-five team? like uh, you, know, you better hope you cover all the way through. You could lose Arizona. My or father or... had Baylor last year, and then he got captured, and that guy ended up winning the whole thing. Wow. Um, but, yeah, my, when I was 2013, I remember I was in high school, and I got Wichita State, and I was so pissed I got Wichita State. And Sid, if you remember, that was they the made year. the Final Four. They went to the Final Four, yeah, and then yeah. I got Louisville, and Louisville won the championship Wow. year. All right, well, so, but you're a degenerate gambler. You're on FanDuel or one of these every day, right? I sure am. Right, I mean, you actually texted me in the fourth quarter at the Nick game with Gabriel Sunday saying, you were live betting the Knicks and the 76ers. Yeah, because every time you leave early, they lose. So I figured, oh, this is a stroke of luck. Gabe's going to make him stay. They just tied the game up. They'll win this time. And right. Boy, oh, did it get bad from there? <laughs> they lost by 16. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> You're getting sucked in there, Lukey. Take take it easy. Uh, Bernie, yourself. that's why I need you here to, to talk some nah, sense into it. No, no, no. Bernie, he's not getting sucked in. He's been doing this a long time. And uh, it's in his blood. His father, a very successful New York Stock Exchange guy, that's just basic. That's gambling. So exactly. the LeGrand are just one big. That's what they do. They gamble. They, uh, my, my father's got plenty of stories of uh, putting hundreds of bucks and tossing quarters at the wall. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, How many times have been thrown out of a, uh, a horse racing uh, stadium? <laughs> He's not, not that bad, but it's just close. You know? If you can bet on something stupid, my father's probably done it. Well, sticking with basketball and March Madness and uh, Luke live betting the Knicks and the 76ers on Sunday, let's stay right with this. It works well. Anytime you can mix politics with sports, we just did it. Eric Adams in baseball. Here's more Eric. Eric Adams. Now he's talking about the Brooklyn Nets, who last night lost by 36 to Toronto. The Nets are now just two games over 500. They're the eighth seed in the East. It didn't work out. Let's put it that way. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving championships. Now look, Kevin Durant may be back this week. Ben Simmons maybe next week. And at that point, maybe the Nets become a powerhouse again. And then the question is, can Kyrie Irving start playing home games in Brooklyn and a game at the Garden without being vaccinated. Right now, he can't. He can't. And you know how crazy this is? Uh, the visiting teams coming in with the same status, they're allowed to play. Makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. And right, and while the city and the state is lifting all these mandates, private businesses can still make people wear masks. So they asked Eric Adams about Kyrie Irving again yesterday. So we had Eric Adams on Major League Baseball. Now here's Eric Adams, the mayor on the Brooklyn Nets. Listen, I want Kyrie on the court. You know, I would do anything to get that ring. <laughs> I say, you know, so badly I want, I want it. But there's so much at stake here. And, you know, I, I spoke with the owner of the team. We want to find a way to get Kyrie on the court, but this is a bigger issue. It was sending the wrong message just to have an, an exception for one player. When we're telling the countless number of New York City employees, if you don't follow the rules, you won't be able to be employed. So change the rules. I mean, it's over. Let's get everybody back to work. No masks. Uh, they, they, this is the time. They, they did it. Uh, Watch the State of the Union tonight. There will be nobody in the halls of Congress, nobody in the audience. 
Well, mostly nobody. I mean, it's, some people can elect to do it, but right. they don't have to wear a mask. They, there will be some that will, just like the three people I saw out of 18,000 wearing masks at the Knicks Sixers game on Sunday. Yeah, right. No, there will be some of uh, these uh, crazy virtue signaling uh, uh, nitwits, woke tarts, whatever the hell they Bernie are. Bernie Sanders will wear a mask tonight, don't you think? I'm not so sure. Okay. I don't think Bernie Sanders. You know, by the way, the State of the Union tonight, uh, among the, you asked me off the air who's giving the uh, rebuttal. Some, I don't even know his name, some unknown governor. What for state? The, for the Republicans. You I, know don't what even state? I don't even remember. We'll okay. find out tonight. But I do know this. Rashida Tlaib is going to give a response no. to uh, Joe Biden's State of the Union. Yeah. No. That's how fractured uh, they are. Oh. Uh, but uh, and that's why he keeps kissing their ass. That's why we he won't uh, you know uh, uncancel the pipeline and start drilling for oil and all that stuff because of these people they keep the the pressure on him is relentless and he's a coward he won't stand up to him wow Rashida Talib yeah. the Jew hater uh, I mean, one of the worst maybe the worst oh just a vicious vile uh, vulgar uh, individual who I can't even believe she's a member of Congress but yeah she's going to give the response to Joe Biden. Well, I miss the days of Marco Rubio. You know, he never really lived that down, did he? I mean, but, but, you know, when I look back now, and I got to know Marco pretty well. As you know, Bernie, I had him on, on our show as a guest. When yeah. I actually helped him win. He beat Charlie Crist and Kendrick Meeks down in Florida because of me. He was on my sports show like every other week. His wife was a Dolphin cheerleader, so he and I got very, very close. But when I look back now with that instance, with the whole water thing, was it really that bad? No, it wasn't. It's just a really a no-win a situation, no in proposition uh, after, you know, the pomp and circumstance of uh, the State of the Union, people getting up cheering and all that, to go out there with no audience and, uh, yeah, it, it, you throw in the water in- incident. But uh, even without it, it's a no win. You're flat. Everything sounds flat because there's nobody cheering you. There have been many, countless others who have uh, followed the president after a State of the Union I remember Bobby Jindal. I remember a, that. Yep. He was a, he's actually a good guy, a good speaker. He bombed even worse than Marco Rubio. But he and, didn't sweat. But, you know, in fact, people may not remember this. Wasn't he one of the 17 hopefuls when Donald Trump eviscerated everybody? Wasn't he, he was, one of those guys? He was one of the originals. Yes. yes. And, of, and by uh, the way, he fell off the face of the earth. Where the hell is Bobby Jindal? Well, he, he, I guess he was in charge of Louisiana for a while, but he was a very, very wealthy guy. I know that. So I guess he's okay. But oh, good. one of the things I used to love about Trump's State of the Unions was he would always, always pay attention to to the service. He would always have servicemen or families of service people that were killed, even dating back to, I think, his first one when he had the mom of the kid who was killed by MS-13. Remember that? I don't expect I do. that to be the case tonight. Do you? Uh, well, they'll pay lip service. Uh, remember, this is the president who, uh, the, the former President Trump used to go to uh, Dover Air Force Base all the time to greet returning dead uh, servicemen. This is the guy, Joe Biden, who, when after Afghanistan, the, the 13 uh, yeah. uh, fallen uh, heroes came back, this guy checked his watch almost after every yep. uh, uh, casket came out yep. of the 13 fall. This guy checked his watch. True story. I mean, uh, you know, it's just, it's absolute. And, and, and they, they f- uh, perpetrated this fake news about Trump saying, oh, these guys are losers that died. Uh, and uh, yet it was on video, this guy checking his watch. 
and they just let it go like it was nothing. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. As Bernie mentioned last hour, some real good guests stopping by today. It's Tuesday. That means the entertaining, the brilliant, thought-provoking Bo Deedle coming up at 740. One of the guys running for governor tonight, he'll take part in that four-man debate on New York One, which includes Lee Zeldin, Harry Wilson, and Rob Astorino. Andrew Giuliani, the mayor's son himself, will join us at 840 this morning. And then with today being March the 1st, it is the beginning of Colon Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, two good friends of ours who are here every year on March 1st. It's now become a tradition. George Pavlu and Steve Puchik. Stepano will be live in studio, and they are a part of the biggest gastro group anywhere in the country, G-A-N-G, out in New Jersey. Don't forget, download the app, the 77 WABC app. Listen to this show in any city, any state, any country around the world, and watch us every morning. Thank you, Gabby Lopez, on WABCradio.tv. More of Bernie and Sid, the Tuesday edition, right after these short messages. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday tonight, President Biden will deliver his State of the Union address, and we should all be respectful, not like Nancy Pelosi tearing up President Trump's State of the Union speech from her speaker's seat. Remember that? Awful. So let's listen and then think about what Joe Biden actually says. I predict there will be spin and propaganda, but remember, all presidents do that. But I don't know how you put a happy face on brutal inflation, open borders, skyrocketing crime, attacking the fossil fuel industry, and Putin's aggression. I don't know how you can celebrate any of that. Maybe President Biden can instruct me. Not likely. Joe Biden will most likely tell us all will be well. He's on it. Do not fret. Well, after he says that, then we can comment, perhaps negatively. If you join us tomorrow, Wednesday, I will have some comments on Mr. Biden. But for now, all Americans, fair-minded Americans, should keep an open mind. We are a nation. Let's hear what the president has to say. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Who is this, Justin? Elton John and Dua Lipa. Uh, he asked asked me, every, though. Yeah, it's every, my song. Every single time I ask the same question, and uh, I just don't recognize Elton John's voice there. Well, this is his song, and they, they uh, made it a mix, or whatever they call that, a mash. I'm sure they, yeah, mad, I mean, I'm sure they threw a bunch of auto-tune on it. I'm sure they did. Oh, I see. It's a mashup. It's a okay. mashup, but Very, it's his song, and they, they included her. 
And uh, every Saturday morning, Danielle and I do this high-impact treadmill class at this place called Mile High. There's a bunch in the city. And we have a trainer. His name is Ned Trim. And as, uh, every time we walk in on Saturday mornings, this song is playing, and it gets us juiced up for 60 minutes of high-impact treadmill action, Burn. So fell in love like with it. this song months I like ago. It. I like it. I like it. So yeah. uh, back here on the Birdie and Sit Show, heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app, uh, you know, the uh, president of uh, Ukraine, Zelensky, the hero, actually, the guy who's galvanized the world, really, with his uh, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition comments, et cetera, et cetera. He was once on Dancing with the Stars in the Ukraine back in 2007. He actually won the competition. Did he? Yeah, he won the competition. <laughs> Stand-up comic. and uh, So he was a well-known guy, but he's a smart guy, too. He's actually uh, a lawyer, an attorney in, in the state of Ukraine. He's probably as corrupt as uh, Joe Biden, but uh, nevertheless, in this instance, uh, he's proving himself uh, you know, to be quite a courageous character. Well, the, you know, we, we argued about the word leader a couple of days ago, especially me and Danielle at the airport. You and I talked about it yesterday. He is proving to be a leader, right? I mean, this, uh, the exactly. guy's going down with the ship. That's a leader. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, the protesters showed up in Ottawa, Canada with their trucks honking their horns, and uh, Justin Trudeau uh, fled the city. Uh, this guy, the Russians show up with bombs and tanks and uh, planes and troops, and he stays He stays there, and he says, I, I, you know, again, I'm not leaving. Give me some ammunition. I'm fighting. So anyway, that's the difference between the two of those. There's also this UFC fighter, a female, and uh, she embodies the spirit of the Ukrainian people. Uh, listen to this lady. What would you say to Vladimir Putin, the Russian regime, what would your message be to them? I can to say in Ukraine language, <laughs> I want to say, f*** you, bitch. I love my country. Don't touch Ukraine. This is my country. I got, love Ukraine. Blank you, B-word. You got to love it. The, the UFC fighter, Ukrainian. Again, capturing the spirit. Now, there's another guy. He, speaking of Dancing with the Stars, uh, this guy is a—he's a dancer on Dance with Stars. So been a dancer for years, and of course, as you know, the uh, Ukrainian government says that uh, anybody between the ages of 16 and 60, if you're male, you don't leave the country. You stay, take a rifle, and you fight. Well, this guy—it was—he's—he's uh, he's trying to escape, and they caught him. Uh, somebody caught up with him on a train leaving the Ukraine, and uh, I haven't heard this, but this is uh, what he said. This guy, uh, I don't even know how he shows his face on a camera. But anyway, listen to this guy. The last update is that I'm going to try to make my way out. I'm going to try to start go getting towards the border. I have options. My options are better than most people's, unfortunately. But I am um, just a little nervous, to be honest with you. But, you know, I think it's going to be all right. Well, I know it's going to be okay. I just want a favor from everybody. Just don't panic. If I kind of disappear for a minute, because I know a lot of people watching now from here that I'm just not contacting my friends, my distant family. I'm not answering a lot of texts and a lot of calls. All right, tell me up. We this. don't really care. I'm just saying, uh, you know, you go, your, your country is in peril, and they're asking you to stay and fight, and you're, uh, you're fleeing. I don't know how you show your face. You should be fired from Dancing with the Stars. You know, it's I, funny. You mentioned Dancing with the Stars, and um, you know, last week I did a uh, – I read for a movie part – I told you about this, uh, about the near stock market crash back in Bayonne, New Jersey, back in 1963. This guy, uh, Tino DeAngelis, actually almost crashed the market. Soybean guy, salad oil, hundreds of millions of dollars, blah, blah, blah. And I think I told you, Ron Insana, our good friend who says hello to you, Louie, 
He's the guy that's behind the uh, the movie, CNBC. Long story short, I went for this part on Zoom last week, and you can see it in my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney. And the guy that actually read the script outside of the lines for the characters was Tom Bergeron. And you can see a big picture of Tom on my Instagram page. And he, of course, as you know, Bernard, was the host of that yeah. show for like the, the longest time. He's the sweetest guy ever. By the way, just to end that story, the part I read for last week, found out yesterday, I got the part. Bo Deedle coming up next will be proud of me. Congratulations. Yes, it's a pretty big part. That's great. Uh, The Tank Job, which uh, will start shooting in New Jersey this summer. It's the only movie out of the three that I'm doing right now where I don't play a mobster. Uh, well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm really sincerely glad to hear that. Uh, congratulations. That's huge. Thanks, Thanks. Uh, finally, I will say this. Uh, in the wake of uh, what happened in Ukraine and Russia, we see how serious uh, you know, these things become, that our military is not to be toyed with. It's not a social experiment. They should be just killing machines, and that's that. We shouldn't be trying to teach them that, uh, you know, that boys can become girls and uh, – you know, all this kind of stupid stuff that, you know, and the whole critical rate, whatever the hell it is, all this woke tard nonsense that we're infusing our military with. Teach them how to kill the damn enemy. And uh, I will remind you this. Uh, remember, uh, I played this about six months ago. They had a CIA recruitment video where the guy was like, he, he's overweight. He's got a nose ring. Yes. He's, he's got anxiety. Yeah. And they're trying to recruit CIA agents by... The displaying this clown. Wasn't he gay, too, or something? Or? He might have been. But, you know, in this case, uh, I have another one right here. This is a current one that's running. Same thing. The woman is overweight, and she's got anxiety. Anyway, this is cut five, uh, Justin, just, you know, for laughs. Let's play it. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. So what? I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me. Full stop. Great. Get another job. We don't need you in the CIA. We need people who can do, who can fight the enemy. That's what we need. We don't need this this woke army uh, that's fighting, you know, these vicious barbarians known as the Russians, and, and by the way, then ultimately, or maybe next, the Chinese. But that just gives you an idea into the lunacy that we've descended into, and hopefully with the crime, with uh, the war in the Ukraine, again, things will turn around. There will be an awakening, an epiphany on people's parts. But that truly is uh, vomit-inducing to listen to that right there. I mean, God bless her. Do whatever you want, but not the CIA, okay? On the Bernie Hitt Sid Show, uh, Speaking of uh, heroes and men who will who are killing machines, Bo Deedle, who by the way never shot his gun though uh, in his all his years on the NYPD. Bo Deedle, great actor, a great hero, New York icon. We're going to speak to him next. And again, next hour we'll speak to Andrew Giuliani. We're coming right back. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at 
at info at gobblelaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Hill Street Blues, perfect theme song for our next guest, who for the better part of three decades was one of the most heroic cops in the history of New York City. He's gone on to become a really great actor, all kidding aside. He's a friend, yes, but he's a great actor, whether it's Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, The Irishman, Gravesend. We're doing a movie together shortly called uh, The Gemini Lounge. He's a great actor, and most importantly, for more than 30 years, a dear friend of both me and Bernard. Here he is for his Tuesday morning appearance, the great Bo Deedle. Good morning, Bo. How are you, buddy? Hey, good morning, guys. Always great to be on the show with you guys. Uh, we got to get a couple of things that are going on out of the way before we go into the meet. First of all, I need everybody's prayers for Chief, Chief Joe Esposito's wife. She had bypass on five of our arteries blockages. She had a mini stroke. I talked to Joe yesterday, and we got to send our prayers out to his wife, Chris. Absolutely. I didn't know that. He texted me literally two days ago, never mentioned it. So thank you for passing that along, Bo. We love Joe Esposito. And his wife. We love love Joe and his wife, Chris, is a doll, and she's a a tough chick there. She's not going to give up, and our prayers are with her, and I know she's going to be okay. All our love and prayers go. Yeah. So last, last last night I was up in Avra with a couple of my friends, and who do I see sitting across me in a boot? Is this uh, bald headed guy? No, no disrespect to bald headed guy, Jeff Zucker. <laughs> he, and if you remember the last time I saw Jeff Zucker, he was at Rayos, and I slapped him in the back of his bald head, and he popped up and he looked at me like, "What was going on?" But who do you think? Who do you think Jeff Zucker was sitting with? I sent you guys a picture. David Axelrod. Remember David Axelrod? Now we wonder why CNN is so lefty and such a liberal piece of garbage news media station. This is all I have the picture for evidence. David Axelrod and Jeff Zucker having dinner together like two guys on a date. And that's why CNN ran down into the ground. It was it was unbelievable. Jeff Zucker saw me. He he popped up. He goes, Hi, Bo. How you doing? He thought I was going to walk over and give him another slap. So he was very, very nervous about Bo. And uh, it was just funny to see two commies sitting yeah, For together. people that don't remember, right. David Axelrod really was the architect of the Barack Obama campaign. They, they would meet at this Jewish deli in Chicago every day. And Axelrod was the guy that put together Obama's successful presidential campaign. So just to give a little uh, content to the story, he is, uh, yes, he is a, a serious Democrat who was partly responsible for Barack Obama becoming president. Right. And then so Bobby Martin, you know, Inspector Martin loves you guys, and he listens to the, uh, listens to us every week. He gave me a call the other day. He's headed down to North Carolina. He stopped at a gas stop. All of a sudden, at a gas stop, there were three giant buses and 10 New York City police vans at the gas stop on 95 going south. So Bobby asked the cops, you know, what's going on? Where are you going? What do you think is going on right now? Over 200 New York City cops have been sent to Washington for this moron speech. 
tomorrow. They're sending where crime is soaring all over the city. People are getting killed all over. And we have time to send New York City cops to Washington, D.C. to protect this moron. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, from These what? From be- what? From himself, probably from tripping over the uh, podium, maybe. They yeah, they want to they want to make make out manufacture this uh, nonsense that there's some sort of uh, you know white nationalist uh, you know January sixth type of uh, you know you know crowd threat yeah. yeah threat that absolutely positively does not exist. They put up fencing, all this nonsense for the the theatrics and the drama. By the way, Ron DeSantis, he would they requested of him and other states. To send National Guard troops, Ron DeSantis said, "No, I'm not sending them. They have better things to do here in Florida. Screw you. Good for Ron DeSantis." This, this is such a big farce. But in the, in our environment with New York City, and yesterday I made an illegal left turn on 42nd Street onto Fifth, where my office was. I got pulled over. There was five cops and the sergeant there. They pulled me over for making the illegal turn, uh, and I just I just said, "Hey guys." Why don't you go home, get some sweatshirts, we'll go up to East Harlem, let's go after some of these gangbangers that take the guns off the street. They're all standing there, they got cameras on, they were afraid of me talking on the camera, and I talked right into their camera. I said, this is a disgrace. Five cops sit, pulling people over for traffic tickets when people are being murdered. People are getting crap shoved in their faces indiscriminately murders across this country and they're there pulling cars over and giving tickets. We got a real problem and arrests are down. Arrests are down because the cops are not arresting people because they're afraid. What do you think just popped up now? Remember the diaphragm bill that was uh, voted down by the court where you can't climb on top of someone's back or someone's chest. Well, uh, our city council morons, wants to bring this law back, and that means when you're arresting someone, you can't touch them. You're supposed to hoover, hoover <laughs> over them, and then you're supposed to tell, ask them, please put your hands <clears throat> I challenge anyone to arrest somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, who is resisting arrest. And what it's all about now, the charges that you cannot put any pressure on a person's back or chest, that's the diaphragm, for any reason. This includes, right, listen to this, armed violent criminals attacking the officer or even an innocent civilian, man, William, or uh, woman or child. This is just another moron thing. They're trying to go and appeal this to a higher court to bring this back. Now, what happens here is, as it is, the cops are not getting involved with arresting these criminals. Now, what is going to happen? It'll be less, so that means the cops, tries to arrest somebody, how do you not touch them? I, I, I beg, I, I, told, I, I, I scream out to my mayor, Eric Adams, please put me in city council. Line up five guys six foot two. I'll take each one down with a headlock, and it ain't a chokehold, and I'll show you how you bring someone safely down to the ground. And to handcuff somebody, and if they don't want to be handcuffed, you could have a 95-pound, uh, I don't want to say woman, 95-pound thing, it or whatever you want. And it's utterly impossible for one person to not use any kind of force and handcuff someone who is resisting arrest. Have so they, what are we talking about? Have they learned <laughs> nothing, Bo? Have they learned nothing? And by the way, where is Eric Adams? Where is Keechan Sewell screaming? They have the, uh, they have the bully pulpit. They have the media attention. Get up there and scream about it. This puts uh, a police officers' lives in danger. 
by passing a law like this. I want to hear them scream about it. If you don't scream uh, 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 opposing this uh, v- vociferously, then you're tacitly agreeing with it, and you're a loser, and you're not doing what you promised you would do. Well, Bo, you've now a couple of times yeah. on this show over the last couple of months, you've been uh, very vociferous about helping out. You have said, Eric Adams, I'm here. Eric Adams, I'm here. I got to tell you, Bo, I even get personal text messages from people who go, hey, Bo is offering help. Why doesn't Eric take advantage of that? Very simple question. Has Eric heard your plea? Has he said anything to you about possibly taking you up on your offer? Well, I'm I'm having dinner tonight with someone very, very important in the administration with Eric, and that's going to be one of the things that I'm going to talk about. And I'm going to say we have to have hearings to support the police. Bring me out because I'm the poster boy to make all those arrests, uh, 1,600 felony arrests, been there. I was hospitalized 30 times, never to kill somebody. I think I have some good education how we can effectively arrest violent criminals. You don't have to shoot them. You don't have to kill them. And I'm living proof for it. Hey, all I can say is that we have to turn the tide. Every cop is so afraid. As soon as these cops pulled me over, they all had cameras on, the red lights going on. I said, and they're looking at the camera pointing at like, Bo, don't say nothing. I said, I'll say it. I'll say it right now to the police commissioner, to the mayor. This is ridiculous. I got five of you guys standing here pulling cars over. People are getting murdered and raped and robbed all over the city. That's a problem. And you want to know, we have to make the cops proud about themselves and take the handcuffs off the cops. Mm-hmm. Stop it already. I mean, and you know, bottom line, Bo, did did you get a ticket? Uh, Just the bottom line. That's all I want to know. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. They made me give them my license and my registration, and they gave me they gave me a verbal warning. And uh, and you want to know something? I just looked at them and I said, "I'm sorry, you can't do your jobs, but this is not doing your job by giving tickets out. You got a gun. You're a police officer, and this has to be changed." And I'm going to tell you. The guy who I'm having dinner with tonight, and I want to mention, I have so much respect for him. And this has to be dealt with now, not next month, not next week, now. And, you know, one of the things that I mentioned, not to go off topic, last week I mentioned one thing. I mentioned about this new software. It's called Be Able, Be Able, like B-E-A-B-L-E. What it is, it's for schools. One thing I learned, if we can educate our kids and stay with them and just bring them through a path to employment, see if they have problems with reading or or math, and bring them, show them that you have a direction where you can take this student, bring them through what the interests are, and then any social, emotional needs, we could deal with it. I feel if we could start kids from kindergarten right up, to high school and show them they could be anything they want to be. I really believe this can change the society the way we see it now. These kids will see they can get the skills. If they want to be a cop, if they want to be a businessman, if they want higher education, we start training them in kindergarten. Of course, what's happening now is we're only getting them at, in the eighth grade. They already can't read. They already can't do anything. But catch them from the beginning. This software goes with the parents and the teachers back and forth and guides these kids to a career, what they like, what interests them. I am so uh, incensed with education because if we educate the young, maybe we won't have the criminals of the old. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Uh, 100%. Loud and clear, loud and clear. Excellent so job. Right. So right. Yep, so right. Excellent job. By the way, Bo, uh, is it okay if I take our mutual friend Joe Cohen to Rayo's one of these next Thursday nights with you? Are you okay with that? 
Yeah, we'll have them. We'll have them up there. I love Joel Cohen, but I'm gonna tell you some guys. Did you see the video I sent you? Which 80 one? Push up, Eighty yeah. push-ups. I, sent I you. saw. I did. I did. Yeah, you're 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 a beast. You're hey, a beast. Hey, you are a beast. Hey, hey, did, and did you get the email from Lindsay telling you, Bo, that you cannot shave for the next five or six weeks? Uh, all I do, I don't shave anyway. So uh, will you be shaved my balls? What do you shave? Shave what? <laughs> no, this is for your friend Danny I, the uh, the Gemini Lounge movie we're about to shoot in Los Angeles. The end of March, they told all the male members of the cast they have to stop shaving as of yesterday. Well, oh, you know, I, I have a beard all the time, but uh, we're going to be filming out in California together. Yeah. But I'm, oh, congratulations getting that other movie, uh, uh, Sid. Thank you. That, that's really good. But the thing is this, like I said, you know, to bring this back, to bring it back to the reality, you know, I was reading that piece of garbage daily news over the weekend, and it was showing the stats that a lot of these people who are or, or killed are just random slayings. And then when we jump back to the mentally ill, here we go again. And with respect to my mayor, with respect to my mayor, mentally ill, we have to deal with it again. City council has to pass an ordinance. If someone is violent who could harm themselves or other people, we have to be able to, if need be, forcibly take them off the street. Where are the rights of the people on the subway walking around, getting crap thrown in their face, stabbed, punched, pushed in front of trains? We have to deal with it. Please, Mr. Mayor. You know, Bo Deedle, a long time, 18 years, I've supported you. You've got to deal with this. Absolutely. Yeah, listen, uh, the sympathy should be with the victims. A lot of these uh, homeless uh, lunatics, they're past the point of any kind of help. They're past the point. Get them the hell off the streets and make the people safe, and then we can be more compassionate. But right now, it is an emergency situation. Get them off the streets one way or the other, whatever you have to do. Stop with the, well, we got to get the mentally ill some help. Uh, yeah, we do. But just get them off the streets first, and then we can talk about getting them help. Bernie and Sid, the most dangerous person that a cop could deal with is a mentally ill, and they call him an EDP, emotionally disturbed person. They are so unpredictable of what they're going to do, and a lot of these EDPs are carrying weapons for themselves, and when they all of a sudden you're going to come upon them, you're not going to know what's going to happen next. And they're very, very dangerous when they're emotionally disturbed. Homeless, again, you have homeless people, good people that fell down on their, on their, on their, on themselves, but then you have the emotionally disturbed, violent people. They have to be dealt with. Please, Mr. Mayor, Bo is pleading with you. Please, we've got to fix this city. I don't want to move out of this city, but I'm going to be on the next uh, bus, Greyhound bus to Florida if we don't straighten this yeah. city out. There you go. Hey, I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone in about two weeks, and I lived here for the last six years. Anyway, uh, Bo, as always, that is a, a great job. We love you. Love you to pieces. You're the best, the absolute best. Thank you for hopping on this morning. Stay safe. We'll see you again real soon, pal. Hey, Bernie, God bless you, and get better. Please, Bernie. Uh, on my way. Thanks very much, Bo. Love you. All right, Bo Deedle, of course, 740 every Tuesday morning kicking ass. Next hour, Andrew Giuliani in the 9 o'clock hour. Today, March the 1st, it does start Colon Cancer Awareness Month. We'll talk to uh, two guys from the biggest gastro office in the country, G-A-N-J, out in New Jersey. We'll talk to Dr. George Pavlu and our very good friend Steve Puchik. All that and more, plus Lydia Reports and Beat Bernie only halfway through the Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Ready? Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So for one last time, I need y'all to roll. Get him, Jay. Who you know fresher than whole? Riddle me that. The rest of y'all know where I'm lurking. Yeah. Can none of y'all mirror me back? Yeah, hear me rap. It's like hand G rapping his prime. I'm young H.O. Raps great for dead. Back to take over the globe. Now break bread. I'm in Boeing Jets, Global Express. Out the country, but the blueberries still connect. On the low, but the guy got a triple deck. But when you young, what you expect? Yep, yep. Grand opening, grand closing. Damn your manhole, crack the can open again. Who you gonna find open ahead with no pen? Just draw inspiration. Who you gonna see you can't replace him with cheap imitation for this generation? Do you want more? Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. One of Sid's favorites, Jay-Z. That is my favorite. Here on the Bernie and Sid show. Is this the mashup, uh, uh, Justin, or is this just uh, no, Jay-Z? Just that's just him. No, it's uh, no, it's a mashup. It's oh. it's it's numb and encore. You know, but it's up. it's not a it's his song though. It's not a yeah, mashup. Yeah, of course. But no, I mean, it's they with put, Lincoln they, Park. They put out an album no, together. Yeah, of no, all actually, their songs mashed up. I love that mashup. Actually, believe it or not, I believe it's called Collision Course. If I remember, correctly. I don't like Jay Z, but uh, some of the music is good, and I, this is one of the ones that uh, I happen to uh, enjoy. So uh, I don't know what that makes me, but. Uh, I can't help myself back here, like I said, on the bird. Well, he's the one who actually hired Snoop Dogg to do the halftime show. I know, I know, I know. But I got to tell you, I'm watching NBC last night, and there's a new show coming out on NBC, some song competition, and the judges, it starts in three weeks, are Kelly Clarkson and Snoop Dogg. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Does anything really on NBC? Oh, I swear to God, it's a brand new show. It's uh, some song contest. It's Kelly Clarkson and Snoop Dogg. You know, in some cases, in, in some regards, uh, I hate this country as it is today. Today, to, to allow this, this Snoop Dogg to thrive and to prosper after, again, and let's just rehash it. Let's point it out. He wrote a lyric in a song about two months ago, not 20 years ago, two months ago, in which he said he, he urged uh, young black males, Stop shooting each other and go out and shoot cops. Right. In no one's, he didn't mix up the words. Those were the, the lyrics almost verbatim that I just uh, laid out for you. And he gets rewarded with a Super Bowl halftime show and now an NBC show. Millions like, of dollars, Co- Burn. Millions of dollars. Corona beer and yeah. uh, Martha Stewart is kissing his ass. And Kelly Clarkson. I mean, Kelly, come on, sweetheart. You got to know what's going on. We love you. You're great. The voice and American Idol and your daughter. You got your own talk show. You're very, very nice and very cute. She doesn't know any better. She doesn't know he's writing these types of lyrics? Right, exactly. Or doesn't care? Doesn't care about police officers? Yeah. Police officers would be the first. Right. She's not going to call Snoop Dogg no. when the home invasion burglar is, uh, you know, outside her door, right. ba- banging on the door. Right. She's so, going to call so, the police. So when I call uh, Kelly Clarkson, Fatso, don't get upset with me, okay? Uh, I won't. Okay, good. Not at all. Because she is fat, by the way. And a, and a coward. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I love her music as well. She's fine. She hasn't written a good song in like 20 years. Either way, I like her music. She's cute. Uh, fine. Okay. Uh, so look, uh, apparently, it's really getting ugly. The uh, the Russians are actually, uh, they're actually shooting shooting off illegal bombs. These bombs that, uh, that, that you fire the bomb, and then before it hits the ground, it explodes again. And all this shrapnel goes all over the place. And they're doing it in civilian populations. They're really killing people by the hundreds right now, today, this morning. 
It's really, really, uh, uh, you know, it's getting real, as we all expected it would. Apparently, uh, apparently Zelensky just gave a rousing uh, patriotic speech to the European Union. I mean, the uh, courage, resilience and all by Zelensky and the, uh, the population of the Ukraine is really moving. Let's uh, mix it up a little bit. Play cut 13. This is a Ukrainian mother. Listen to this lady and uh, what she says, a Ukrainian mom regarding uh, the Russian invasion. We are free people, and freedom is our main value. So we have almost 40 million people who would like to fight Russia. Maybe they expect they will have something they had in Crimea when we were in crisis, and they come and they just take, and uh, everything was like smooth uh, for them. However, now they are in hell. We have a tradition of resistance, like local resistance here, and the first thing is about motivation. So we are super motivated. We are not terrified. You know, we on our own land just leave us alone and like go away from here because you will die here you gotta love it you will die here yep uh what are the uh let's just say the united states was invaded by well i don't know say china do you think the populace here the uh the everyday citizen would be as again as brave and courageous as we've seen Ukrainian population. I, I, I do. Been. I do. Because, you know, I think that we have to be careful not to confuse New York City, Boca Raton, Miami, Los Angeles with real Americans. There's about, you know, 95 percent of the folks that live in this country are, are lucky to have one decent meal a week. They hang the American flag. Like I said, broken, broken bicycles, three-legged dogs in the front yard. That's really America. Not where we live. This is nonsense. This is made up. Make- I agree, but there's still Americans here. They'd be like, so where are the Navy right, SEALs? They were, they where were, are they? Right. Where are they coming? They're not here. Right? I'm hungry. Right, in like three or four states. But the overwhelming portion of this country would be kids and adults ready to fight. Ready to fight, and that's why America is great. But again, where we live, nonsense. So the woman who slept her way to the top of, of politics, she's the second in command in the United States. Her name is Kamala Harris. Right. Uh, she's the vice president. Uh, yesterday she gave a speech and another reason, another, uh, well, in a long list of uh, just acting really, really stupid. Just take a listen to her. Because as we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. Right. I went off script a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to restaurants where I've ordered what I've wanted, and when I left the restaurant, I vowed to never return. So, yes, they they, they ordered what they wanted. They got what they wanted. But sometimes, Kamala, you order what you want, and the food still sucks. That's you. Yeah. You suck. The food sucks. You suck. The question is still out there. Did they really order what they wanted? Did that really well, happen? Well, yeah, yes. Look, if you want to take away 10 million votes, 10 million, that means 70 million voted for Joe Biden. So, yes, there's a, there's, there's a ton of people, whether he won it, didn't win it, he got a lot of votes. That doesn't way, mean that you don't have buyer's remorse afterwards. There's a rumor that uh, a rumor that she has a problem, this Kamala, that she has a little bit of a, a, little bit of a drinking problem. That's what I heard. I'm not saying it's true. Uh, in fact, um, I, I don't have any evidence to back it up whatsoever, but it's been out there for a while. And if you listen to that clip, I don't know. I don't know if it feeds into that rumor or not. But uh, I report you decide. Now, this other, uh, this uh, smart-ass pervert, his name is Bill Gates. I played this clip last week. 
He's sitting there with a bunch of women. They're all maskless. And this uh, snotty, condescending uh, Gates, Bill Gates, well, just listen to what he said when he's talking to these women. What about masks? I think there are a lot of people in America who are confused about whether they should be wearing a mask. And in the United Kingdom, for example, they've scrapped that altogether. Well, that's interesting. You know, what is the downside of wearing a mask? I mean, it's got to be tough. You know, you have to wear pants. Uh, I mean, this is tough stuff. These societies are so cruel. Why do they make you wear pants? I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> We're very glad you have yours on. Um, uh, that will be on the web. Shaffer will be on the web. He'll be on the web. I've got to tell you, I'm less upset with Bill Gates' answer because I know he's a douchebag. I know that already. By the way, one of the women not sitting there, his wife, Melinda, because she's taking millions of dollars from him. Right. But uh, I'm more upset with the people asking him the question, why in God's name would anybody give a rat's ass what Bill Gates thinks about masks? Well, it's funny, funny you should ask, uh, Sid Rosenberg. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's friend, again, uh, giving out health advice. Joe Rogan took notice of that very clip. And this is what uh, the, the latest American hero, Joe Rogan, said about Bill Gates. Take a listen. When a guy like that says that, I'm like, are you making money because of this? Like, why are you saying that? And by the way, you look like... Because like, if you're eating those plant-based burgers or whatever the f*** you're doing, like, you're obese. guy like that, he's got these breasts Moves. and this gut, and I'm like, this is crazy. You're one of the richest guys on earth. You have access to the best nutrients. You could have a, an amazing trainer. You could be in phenomenal shape, and you're giving out public health advice. You're giving out health advice, and you're sick. It's like a, literally like a non-athlete trying to coach professionals. Like, what the f*** are you talking about? How are you giving any health advice when you look like that? Your health is piss poor. I'm not a doctor. But when you've got man boobs and a gut and you're walking around, and you have these like toothpick arms. I'm like, hey, buddy, you're not healthy. <laughs> Just a lazy, sloppy, condescending reprobate is uh, Bill Gates, so uh, good on Joe Rogan. Now, you know, uh, President Trump is set to, excuse me, President Biden, the imbecile in chief, going to give the State of the Union tonight at 9 o'clock, of course. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to watch, see if he can keep track of the uh, the teleprompter. Hopefully the teleprompter will break down and uh, he'll be standing there looking around and Jill will run up with a script or something like that. We'll see tonight, but uh, President Trump spoke over the weekend. You played a lot of great clips yesterday, said Rosenberg, of President Trump at CPAC. Here he is talking about uh, Biden in particular. Take a listen. The world is always safer when America has a strong president. America has to be strong, and it needs strong leadership. And you see what happens when you have bad, weak, or incompetent leadership. It's a travesty like nobody could believe could happen in such a short period of time. The world is always in danger with a weak American president. Uh, we've seen that manifest itself in the past week. Uh, this idiot uh, Biden, he, he returned to the White House yesterday morning, and he walks from the helicopter to the uh, White House itself on the lawn. He's outdoors. It's sunny. It's beautiful. He's wearing a mask, <laughs> idiot, and he walks like he's got a load in his pants. I mean, it's really there's something wrong with this guy. <laughs> uh, one, one other a clip from Trump that I, I thought noteworthy that we should uh, just listen to because, well, I liked it. Take a listen. They indoctrinate your children to hate their parents while calling you a hateful racist. They stick. 
the FBI on mothers at school board meetings while they teach four-year-olds to pick their own genders. Would you like to change your gender? (laughs) And they say it's absolutely fine for a boy or man to participate in women's sports. I don't think so. This is why they're going to lose big in November. The woke tards, they've all gone way too far. Everything Trump just said, including uh, you add to it, defund the police and all that stuff and the crime. And they know it, too, by the way, because a guy that I got to know a little bit in South Florida by the name of Ted Deutsch, he actually decided not to run again next year. He becomes Bernard McGurk, the 31st, the 31st Democrat not looking for re-election. They know the red wave is coming. They are leaving the ocean before they get swallowed up and drown. The 31st, you say. Okay. Yes. Ka- Kathleen Rice was uh, number 30. My congresswoman here, Tom Swazi, is one of the uh, 31. And uh, finally, uh, we talked about this yesterday early in the show, and then we talked about it with Lydia, about the dude who shoved feces in a woman's face as she sat there and waited for a train, sitting on a bench, minding her business. Turns out the guy's got multiple priors. Uh, he's probably out on no cash bail or something. The local fake news won't tell you about it. Also, uh, the, the woman who was walking down the stairs and got kicked down the stairs and then had her brains bashed in with a hammer. She's in critical condition. They arrested this guy. Multiple priors. None of them white supremacists, by the way. Eric Adams, the <laughs> uh, first two months, uh, his tenure as mayor, crime has skyrocketed. Here's what he said about the poop incident. Take a listen. Human waste and someone spitting in your face, uh, you know, those are real signs of mental health issues. And we keep going back to that conversation, <laughs> and we really must dig uh, into how we're dealing with these mental health issues. Uh, no, we got to deal with how these people are still on the street. How we deal with criminals. We're recidivists. Criminals. That's right. Bad Crooks. guys, criminals, F mental health. Uh, by the way, no gun violence, no gun violence here. Same thing with the woman. It was a hammer. Uh, no, So stop saying gun violence. Stop talking about mental illness. Sid is right. They're criminals. we got to stop uh, allowing recidivists out in the street. Mr. Katsimatidis talks about it all the time. Uh, three strikes and you're out used to be the law of the land back in the day. They stopped it. It's cruel. It's unusual. You can't do it. No, let's bring it back it, it, because these people are beyond help. And uh, it, we're, we're in crisis uh, uh, situation right now. Let's, uh, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures is the old maxim. Let's employ that right now. Let's lock these bastards up and, and, and protect the innocent, as Bo Deedle would say. we got a pretty good one of guests stopping by. Coming up next, Lydia Reports, always great on a daily basis on Bernie and Sid. Then coming up at 840, one of the gubernatorial candidates on the Republican side. They'll debate tonight on New York One. You'll get Lee Zeldin, you'll get Harry Wilson, you'll get Rob Astorino. Andrew Giuliani set to make his return to the Bernie and Sid Show coming up at 840. And then, with today being March the 1st, we start Colon Cancer Awareness Month, the biggest gastro office in the country right here in New Jersey, G-A-N-J. We'll talk to Dr. George Pavlou and our good friend Steve Puchik, become an annual thing now, coming up at 9 o'clock. So keep it right here, the Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning, only on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Quickly, um, Bernie, you got this too. Bernie's there. Just got a picture from Joe Esposito talking about, uh, you know, Bo Deedle was talking about his wife just went through surgery. So Joe Esposito sends you and I a picture of his lovely wife, Chris, 
in the hospital bed, like you sent to me all the time, Bernard, holding up her middle finger. It's hilarious. Her middle finger. Yes. And I F you it. from Esposito's wife. Like, you know what? F you. I'm going to be fine. It's it's hilarious. And uh, you got to love that. Right, Bern? These are tough people. Uh, Chief Espo, uh, salt of the earth, and his wife. One and the same. I know he loves her to pieces. Every time, you know, we communicate via text, he alludes to her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he he's really tight with her. So, uh Good for her. Good for her spirit. She's got that Ukrainian spirit. She does. She's a lovely-looking lady, by the way. Nice picture here. He just sent to us, you and I, of her and her doctor. So best of luck to Joe Esposito, who I will see at Michael's. He loves that restaurant in Brooklyn. I'm moving very close to that restaurant. So hopefully we'll spend a lot of time together. It is 825 on this Tuesday morning. Time now for Lydia Reports. Um, So... I, I want to talk about how important the media is playing a role in the Ukraine crisis and the war and everything like that. Because back in the day, 1938, when Hitler was first invading and taking over countries, we didn't hear in the United States for months about what was happening. And then we were behind the eight ball. Now we're getting instantaneous reports thanks to social media. We, by the time it even hits a website, it's too late. You have to m- monitor Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. That's where you're getting most of the information. And we're just seeing just in real time exactly what's going on. A short time ago, you had the Ukrainian president Zelensky talking about that they targeted a maternity hospital and that children are dying and they they hit Freedom Square. Normally, that would have taken weeks upon weeks. Now, finally, the mainstream media is actually catching on about the horrors that are happening. Listen to David Martin of CBS News. He's their chief Pentagon reporter correspondent, and he talks about just how He's worried that we could be on the brink of a nuclear war. Take a listen. He started before the invasion uh, threatening. He, he said anybody who tries to interfere will suffer consequences like they've never seen before in history. If just one low-yield nuclear weapon goes off, even if he just does a demonstration shot out in Siberia, there's just no experience for, for what happens next. And he's with CBS News. He's been there for decades. But here's what I want to point out. In December, take a listen to hear what he said was the greatest threat facing our democracy. When you look at what's happening right now and the folks you talked to at the Pentagon, do they believe the biggest national security threat is internal or external? Internal. No they question. No, military people will, will say that to you. The biggest threat to the United States of America is a reincarnation of January 6th. What a, what a, what a G-damn idiot. What a, what a moron. This guy, a CBS News correspondent. Yeah, oh, my God. Exactly. And, of course, the, all these recent developments give lie to that very stupid, idiotic notion, yep. which we knew was stupid and idiotic back then. But uh, it, it's, I guess this is the silver lining to this whole thing. I know. It exposes I... how stupid and naive and how cowardly they are. I mean, they, they can't possibly really believe that. Can't possibly. I, well, you guys were talking about it just before. I mean, that's that wasn't a white supremacist that smashed the poop in that woman's face. And he was just arrested like two weeks ago for assault, assault, assault. Over 44 times a guy was arrested. How is he not behind bars? It's insane. And yet. You, well, because he didn't commit any any uh, really uh, tough offenses. I guess he must have stole pencils and ice cream and that type of thing. No, he's got no, serious, no, he punched people in the face. No, no, no. He punched people in the face. He assaulted I'm, them. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, oh. 
because sorry. because because that's what they'll tell you. I mean, I remember I distinctly remember Andrew Stewart Cousins with Errol Lewis that night saying, "We are not basically how many times they get arrested, they don't care. It's what the offenses are, and they always intimate that forty-four arrests don't mean anything if none of those are serious priors. And almost every single time we discuss these things, out of the forty-four, maybe it's only two or three, but they have serious priors every time, right?" Every and, and, and single even the, time. Uh, even the minor price, it just shows a, a, a disregard for law and order. I mean, it counts for something, especially if, uh, you know, it, it's 44, say it's 44 and 5 serious. That means 39, uh, you know, minor uh, transgressions. That's enough to lock your ass up for life. I'm I sorry. totally agree. That's 39 FUs to exactly. law-abiding citizens and the city. You're 100% right, Bernard. You, you are beyond help, and we need to get you out of society. I don't care how. I don't care which way, where they put you, whatever it is. Get 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 off the streets. Get, get out of our lives. We're sick of you. Christina Lee, that girl that got killed in her Chinatown yeah. apartment that yeah. was stalked up the six flights of stairs, that guy just so two weeks prior had punched a random person in the face and broke their nose, and he was given a desk disappearance ticket. Right, like but, but, but Eric Adams it. will tell you like today, that. Lydia, Eric Adams will tell you today, listen, he was mentally ill. That's our problem. I'm sick of Eric Adams. I'm sick of Eric Adams talking about that. And now, you know, I got to tell you, Bern, you know, I spent the last two years with my friend Tony Oso handing out uh, backpacks to the homeless around Christmas time, walking up and down 7th Avenue from Penn Station to... Um, to a Grand Central, and, and you know, you kind of, to the Port Authority, excuse me, and you made a joke like a week after you go, it was a homeless guy who committed a really violent crime, and you go, I wonder, Sid, if you gave him a backpack. I have to tell you, mm-hmm. I'm having some buyer's remorse. I am seriously considering, I'm not going to be in the city next year, but I would stay after work and do it again, but I'm so sick and tired of these people. I, I understand some are down in their luck, like Bo likes to say, and some of them are actually veterans and, and deserve better. But I think more than half are just criminals, low lives, a scourge on this city, and I'm sick of it. It's part of the reason why I'm leaving. I'd say, well, I'd say like 90%. At right. least 90%, I would. So right. You're well-intentioned, of course, you and that gentleman, but inadvertently enabling all this nonsense. When are our political leaders going to talk about the victims? They keep talking about, oh, the, the criminals are mentally ill. You ask. They're black and you brown. Ask. You like Eric Adams. Why don't they talk about the victims? You ask, Lydia. I, you I like have Eric. To, we have to support Eric no, Adams. No, we don't. No, 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 no. Stop it. Stop we it. Do. No, we, we don't. Do. He's our only hope no, no, to no, get no, no, this no, no, city no, no, back the, on track. The, They're maniacs There's a difference between – so was he. So was he. There's a difference between supporting somebody – I understand. I get it. I get John, I love John as much as you do, if not more. Trust me, okay? And I get it, what he means to the city and business owners and, and the crime and all that. But if he's not doing anything about it, and I understand he can't change legislature, but if he doesn't, like, like Bernie says, name names, if he doesn't get pissed off after a crime and talk about mental health, he's part of the problem. I mm-hmm. think he will. I think he will. I think he will. Well, he had he an opportunity will. yesterday. He did the same thing again. Same, same thing. thing. The, the woman with the uh, feces in the face. He talks about mental illness. I don't want to hear about what mental you, illness. You think he I want will. to hear about keeping him off the damn street. Right. He's had What about the Chinese mom that got bashed in the head? She died because she's been in a coma and then she so woke up. Forget about that. What, 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 what did Eric Adams say about that? 
Oh, it was a tragedy. I know. Again, with the, you know, we have to do this. We have to do that. But so the bottom line is, what, like, what, we got to so throw. The, there are people that are irredeemable. I hate to say that. But at this point, a guy who's 44 years old, I mean, 44 arrests. Did you see what he did to so that woman? That you're, video? You're, you can see it on wabcradio.com. You're making the, the point poop. for us. You're making the I point know, for I know. Us. I agree with you. I agree with so you. That, so what, what, what is it about? Sm- the, why is it? Why is it it, it, it? it frustrates me with this station. Why is it that everybody bends over backwards to keep Keep giving Eric Adams more time. I've been hearing this now one month, two months, this opportunity, that opportunity, this crime, that crime. The guy, the, I mean, wh- why are we doing that? Why? Because he's our only hope? What the hell does that mean? What does that hear, mean? I if he's our only p- hope, we better hold his damn feet to the fire. Uh, like Sid, I want to hear passion and anger. I'm more angry at, right now. At the perpetrators. I don't want to hear excuses about homelessness and uh, mental illness and, you know, generic terms like gun violence. I don't want to hear that crap. I want to hear anger about we got to get these people off the streets. Innocent people are being hurt, dying. They're making the city uh, uh, unlivable. The perception is from uh, people around the country that this is a an urban hellscape. And really it is for a lot of people. It is for Nina Rothschild, 60 years old, kicked down the stairs, smashed in the head with a hammer, in hospital right now in critical condition. Uh, yeah, that guy, uh, he, he didn't use guns. Uh, I, I, I didn't hear Eric Adams talking about him and his priors and the people who enabled him to be out on the street, people like Carl Heasty, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, whoever the judge was, that the last judge that, that let him out, directly is, is has Nina Rothschild's blood on his hands. I want to hear Eric Adams call these people out. He's got to call them out. You're 100% right. We do have to hold our leaders accountable. That's what we are. We're part of the media, and that's our job. Our job is to be the truth seekers, the truth tellers, and to hold people accountable and let the world know what is really going on. And I agree. I am trying to think positively because I, I'm not going to compare him to de Blasio because, like I always say, the uh, guy uh, down uh, the street uh, holding about the door open at McDonald's uh, is better uh, than de Blasio. I don't want to hear about de Blasio. That. He's gone. He's gone. He was the worst mayor. Don't want to hear about but it. But it's going to take time to get our city back really? i mean if you take a draw it is it's going to take time Lydia, he, he can't listen, do it alone he needs i understand the support. that it doesn't matter the, the the point is yes he can't he can't solve all the problems by himself but every opportunity like what we're talking about right now if he came out and was angry about this guy he would make people like me and bernie happy and he doesn't do it I'm not looking for him to all of a sudden make New York City a paradise to make crime go away make the subway safe i'm aware he can't do it by himself but every opportunity he's got to step up and say, I've had enough, he doesn't do it. Well, that, he that's a job. He's gonna, well, God, he's going to, we got, I'm trying to be nice about it because sometimes you Why? can get more flies Why? with honey than you can with vinegar. Because I think it's, I'm well, trying to support him. I'm trying to think positively. You, you had no problem bashing de Blasio. You had no problem bashing no, de Blasio. Because- no, because de Blasio, uh, at least, at least Adams is on the right track. But I get what on he's right trying track. to do. He's navigate. He is. He's trying to navigate. What has he done? Worlds. What has he done? What has he done? At least he has spoken out about it. At least he's what, trying what? to clean up the subways. He's talking about bail reform. He went up to Albany and they told him, get it the F weak. out of it here. It was weak. It was weak what he did. So he weak. Co- I know it is. I was disappointed because then just two days later, by the way, at the state Democratic convention, he was I watched it, unfortunately, at the the Democratic uh, convention there in Hilton. 
and he was joking around on Andrea Stewart Cousins. Like they were joking around. Hee 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 ha. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, if you were, if you, if she, if somebody told me to pound sand, I wouldn't be giddy giddy with them, you know, up on the podium. So mm-hmm. I, my support for him is waning. And when you lose me, you lose me altogether. I'm like that girl that it takes a lot a lot a lot for me to like turn against you like it did with Cuomo like I gave him the benefit of the doubt benefit of the doubt but then once I heard about the five million dollar book deal I was like you're dead to me you're evil your fachazine means evil face and so that's where I'm getting to with Adams and I'm trying not to get to that point because then there is no it's it's point of no return for me I'm not I'm not that girl that'll take you back I'm done with you and I will go after you until you do it right but right. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's the Albanian way come on I know, I Come know. On, I'm Lydia. trying. I'm hey, trying. Lydia, to... listen, that was a great report. We are oh, out of yes. time. But uh, I listen, know. Thank I get, you for I, doing I, that. I, yes, we all get fired up. By the way, it is my niece Gianna's birthday. Happy birthday, Gianna! Seventeen years old. She's a beautiful girl. She is number one in her class. I am so proud of this girl. You have no idea. She's an amazing girl, Gianna, my niece. Happy birthday, seventeen! And tonight, John Katzmatidis, five o'clock. You don't want to miss it. We're going to have Professor Dershowitz, and of course, we'll be talking about Ukraine and how if we want to end this war, all we have to do is drill, baby, drill. Stop filling Putin's war chests. Not only us, but the entire European countries, and that's why everybody's so afraid of him. And we got Canada with trillions upon trillions of pipes that we could tap into right here in the. United States as well. And here we are just continuously feeding Putin's coffers. So all those people that are crying, oh, look what Putin's doing to Ukraine. Well, then stop. Stop with these regressive policies and get back to our energy independence where we were under the Trump administration. Lydia Serrano, check her out at uh, 5 o'clock on the uh, Cats uh, Cats at Night show. 5 o'clock, Lydia Serrano, Cats and a great roundtable at, at that uh, very, very hour right there. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Let's do it. Come on, come on, come on, come on, baby, now. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers, ladies and gentlemen, at WABCradio.tv. We got it all covered for you, folks. Our next guest, he's quite the individual. He's a, uh, he worked in the Trump administration, and uh, he's running for governor of New York and actually leading in a lot of polls. His name is Andrew Giuliani. He comes from, uh, he's, he's got quite the lineage, Andrew Giuliani, and he will debate, be debating his uh, opponents, his primary opponents tonight on New York One. You want to check that out, New York One at 7 o'clock. It's going to be good. Uh, Andrew Giuliani, welcome to the Bernie and Sid Show. Bernie, Sid, great to be with you. I do have to say I've got a couple passengers in the car I picked up over here. And they wouldn't listen to WABC radio for some reason. I don't know if you heard of these guys, Curtis Sliwa 
and Rudy Giuliani, but they're a little <laughs> shy. They might, they, they might not say anything. I don't that know. is funny, funny that Andrew is funny. Giuliani. Our, our regards to those great individuals, those New York icons, those heroes. Uh, Andrew, listen, uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts of, uh, you know, issues and substance and all that stuff, the debate is tonight. Uh, how are you preparing for this debate? Well, I'll tell you what, this is the first time I'm hearing about the debate. I think that there's a, just a candidate interview on New York One, but the truth is we are, uh, we're not prepared right now to debate. I will say this, though. I look forward to debating any of the Republican nominees, any of the Republican candidates for governor, whether it's Congressman Zeldin, whether it's Rob Astorino, whether it's Carpinelli, whoever it is. Uh, and I'm happy to do it tonight if that actually is the case. Uh, oh, my goodness. I do think... Yeah, I don't know if there actually is a debate tonight. I think it's a candidate interview. Uh, but oh. I do know we have a debate on the calendar for June 7th, which is going to be the first debate on WCBS. Uh, I do expect now, though, WABC to come on out with another debate. Um, I think maybe what you're referring to is today there is going to be a speech at the convention. And then afterwards, myself, along with Mr. Sliwa and Mayor Giuliani, are going to be going out to Staten Island at Annadale Terrace for a petition launch event today. So come from 4 to, four to 9 o'clock. Any, anybody who wants to come in, get your petition signed, take a picture with these two New York legends. There you have it. So that, that's on me, Byrne. I thought that uh, New York One is describing it as a debate. That's what I read at the bottom of the screen. But Andrew would know better than uh, the New York One. Andrew, i got to ask you, it's a very simple question. You guys are all on the right side, whether it's you, Lee, or Rob. Um, I know there's other guys running. Wilson, the guy you mentioned, I don't care. To me, it's down to the three of you guys. So um, you're all on the right side of the law. Uh, we agree with uh, all of the principles and philosophies you guys believe in. So what separates Andrew Giuliani from Zeldin and or Astorino? Well, I think that's a question for them, and, and I'll put it this way, right? We've had now, you mentioned all the polls, and it's true, the last Siena poll that came out just last week, a week ago today, had us up 20 points. Wow. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think if you look at it, right, obviously our message on crime has been clear, and we were the first one to start talking about it, start talking about repealing bail reform. We need to make sure we end this war on our cops on day one, and we protect their qualified immunity. I think when it comes to these mandates, we were the first to stand up with mothers saying we need to remove these masks from our kids' faces. And I'm so glad, way too late, but I'm so glad that these mandates are being repealed right now. So, look, I think that's for voters to decide, but that's part of the idea here, right? The voters need to make a decision on June 28th, who their preferred candidate is. It can't just be a couple people in a back room in Albany or a few more people in a hoity-toity hotel in Garden City. So Andrew Giuliani on the Bernie and Sitcha running for governor of the state of New York. And we just had a spirited discussion, did Sydney and myself, with uh, Lydia Serrani over this uh, no-cash bail law and the people who are obstructing actually a vote in the state legislature, this Carl Heastie and this uh, Andrea Stewart-Cousins. So my question to you, and I love uh, how you refer to uh, Governor Hochul as crime wave Kathy. She is actually with Heastie and Cousins on this on retaining the, the no-cash bail law as it stands. But my question to you is this. How do you get over that? How do you get past that? Oh, our suggestion for Eric Adams, for example, is to name and shame. Go on the air at every opportunity and tell th yep. the electorate that these people have blood on their hands. How would Andrew Giuliani help facilitate reforming this no-cash bail law? Well, look, just like Eric Adams came back from Albany with his tail between his legs asking and 
being rejected. I could tell you Mayor Curtis Lewa would not have asked and been rejected. You need to utilize your leverage, just like the mayor should. The governor certainly even has more leverage when it comes to this. So if uh, Stuart Cousins and uh, Hasty do not want to do it, there are a lot of programs that mean a lot to them that I think would lose a lot of funding in the governor's budget if they choose not to protect our citizens. And you use that strategy that you mentioned, too, right? You go right into their home districts. You go right into Yonkers. You go right into these neighborhoods that are being affected the most. And you explain very simply that the people that you've elected to represent you do not want to keep you safe, that they want to play politics over the of you. I think when you, as the governor's bull pulpit, uh, you will see that uh, you'll see repealed very quickly. As phone kind of going in and out, Andrew Giuliani running for governor, state of New York. His father, Rudy, in the call with him. The great Rudy was on just a couple of days ago. And uh, Curtis, well, look, at the end of the day, it is what it is, Andrew. Eric Adams is a Democrat. Uh, he cares about that first. Secondly, he cares about running for president in 2024, 2028. So he's not going to name and shame Kathy Hochul or Heastia Cousins because they're on the same team. That's why we desperately need a Republican who doesn't give a rat's ass whether his Democrats, his constituents get angry with him or her to change things around here. I don't know about you, Andrew, but when a guy's got 44 priors and commits another serious crime, and I got to hear the mayor talk time and time again about mental health, we don't want to hear about it. That guy's a criminal. Let's put the criminals in jail. Well, that's exactly right. And unfortunately, what we've done is we've put the cuffs on our cops. We have not actually... Uh, done what we need to do from a criminal justice standpoint to make sure. Look, think about it this way, right? I look at it this way. Uh, broken windows theory was implemented by Rudy Giuliani in the 90s in New York and continued under Bloomberg, right? We saw crime reduced from over 2,200 murders a year to less than 300 murders a year. Right now, you had a Mayor de Blasio for eight years, and unfortunately right now, Mayor Adams, where crime has spiked because they've taken the exact opposite approach. There's a playbook that works, guys. It's called the Giuliani playbook. The next successful governor, the next successful mayor of this city, they will utilize that playbook. Oh, but by the way, not, not, not to cut you off, but uh, Eric Adams called your father's tactics. And I had to tell your father this. He didn't realize this. Racist. While, while endorsing the tactics of David Dinkins, where we, lo- we nearly lost that town, he called your father's tactics, which worked brilliantly, racist. The, the guy the guy who called white cops crackers called my father racist. Is that what you're telling me? 100%. Uh, yeah, surprise, I surprise. I heard you right there, don't you? I mean, look, it's ridiculous. It, taking a look at those numbers, right? Taking a look at the fact that it went from 2,200 murders a year to less than 300. Every single year in there, 65 to 75% of the victims were African-American or Hispanic-American. So there's nobody in the history of New York City that is responsible for saving more African-American and more Hispanic-American lives than Rudy Giuliani. So the fact that he would say that, he is so far from the truth. And unfortunately, it makes me question his his judgment. So Andrew Giuliani on the Bernie and Sitchell running for governor of the state of New York. In the car with uh, America's mayor, uh, um, uh, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, and Curtis Sliwa, a New York icon, a hero himself. They're going to be in uh, Staten Island today at Annadale Terrace. Annadale Terrace from 4 to 9 p.m., a petition event. Go check them out. Uh, Andrew Giuliani, you are a feisty, uh, you, you're you smart, you're a brilliant young man. And I want to ask you this question. Uh, if we've learned nothing from this Ukraine-Russian uh, conflagration that we're witnessing right now, we've learned that energy 
is the key to success. It's energy. Yeah. People are waking up to energy. Now, New York State is uh, Governor Cuomo uh, wouldn't allow us to, to frack. He wouldn't allow us to build pipelines. How would Andrew Julian, and he, he closed down the, the nuclear, Indian Point nuclear facility, which was, which, I mean, provided a lot of clean energy to the state of New York. How would Andrew yeah. Giuliani approach the energy situation in New York State? Well, when we look at you know re, restarting upstate New York and re-sparking it on the southern tier, I mean, the key to it is drilling. I mean, just take a look at Pennsylvania versus New York right on the border there as you go Binghamton to Elmira, and you can see the difference in land values. You can see the difference in unemployment and employment numbers in Pennsylvania versus New York. It's a key to making New York truly uh, the empire state again. Uh, and and what, what I would just say about Ukraine right now, and, and uh, you know, my wife is from Lithuania. I have family in Lithuania, so I, I find this very, very close to my heart. And they're obviously concerned about the next steps. But I look when you mention energy, what Donald Trump did for four years, as the media called him a puppet of Putin day in and day out, that man made sure the Nordstrom 2 pipeline was not approved. You get Biden in office for just a little over a year. Nordstrom 2 gets approved almost on day one for him. And now you have you have Ukraine being invaded just like it was under the Obama administration. So my wife and her family, I can tell you, felt a lot more comfortable when Mm. Donald J. Trump was president than they do with Obama or Biden. So do we. Good luck to your wife and her family. Last one for me, Andrew. You know, Cuomo dragged his feet while other states like New Jersey, Chris Christie, legalized gambling. And uh, now, if you're watching the numbers, New York has gone past New Jersey, gone past Nevada. We did a ton of Super Bowl betting in New York, more than any other state, I believe, in the country. Now we're set to legalize marijuana. I think the end of 2022, we start uh, opening up shops here in New York. What were your, your stance on those particular items, gambling, marijuana, those types of things for the state of New York? Well, certainly with sports gambling here, look, I think it's something that if you look at New Jersey, right, they've been doing it for a while now, and we've lost a lot of tax revenue to them. So for us, these things have been approved at this point. I don't look to repeal them. I look to maximize the tax dollars. That way there's less of a burden on our taxpayers over here. So that's my stance on those. And, and, And the truth is I want to figure out all different kind of ways to make New York the economic leader in the world again. When I think about New York, From the Dutch West Indies companies to the Erie Canal, we connected the rest of the world to the United States of America for centuries. We need to do that again. We cannot lead the country in out-migration. Well, what an impressive young man. He really is good. Running for governor of the state of New York. You really are something He's so good. I, I, don't mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but the two guys in the car, they don't know radio. They know you have a hard out. So you guys <laughs> want to say something before you go? Yeah. All I can tell you is I probably know him better than anybody else. And the reason I'm for him is he's got the guts to follow through most politicians. I believe that. I'm not sure they got that in the back. No, we got it. It's breaking up, but we got it. And we agree with your father. Believe me, you are a man. You're gutty and and smart and tough and all those those Esterino and uh, Zeldin and that other clown has their work cut out for them because of you. You are very, 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 very impressive. Incredible. Very. very. Thank you, Andrew. So thank you, yes. Yeah, what a great job, Andrew Giuliani. Every time he comes on, Bernie, I don't know about you. I like him more and more. I mean, it's amazing. It's incredible, really. Right? I mean, such a smart uh, and, uh, again, feisty individual. He will give Kathy Hochul the fight of her life. 
Again, check him out at Annadale Terrace in Staten Island from 4 to 9 p.m. today. Curtis Sliwa, Mayor Giuliani, and Andrew Giuliani. And uh, thank you for appearing, uh, Andrew, on the Bernie and Sid Show, 1-800-848-9222. We're coming right back. Colorblind, black coffee, egg whites. Gotta love that. 9.06 on your Tuesday morning. This is the fourth and final hour of the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Guys, we're on TV, by the way. You can watch it right there. A lot of folks watch this every day at home. WABCradio.tv, WABCradio.tv. A nice shot of 3rd Avenue behind me. A busy 3rd Avenue. What we uh, This has become an annual tradition. Now, we did this a year ago. We're doing it again today. March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month. Bernie, you remember last year on the first of the month, we had these two gentlemen in studio. They're back this year, one being Dr. George Pavlo, the very handsome, and the equally as handsome and sexy, Stefano, Steve Pucic, both from Gange, G-A-N-G, the gastroenterology diagnostics of northern New Jersey, the biggest one actually in the state. Bernie's at home. Guys, say hello. Good morning. Thank Good you morning. for having us. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Thank Welcome. you so much. Well, it's great to have you. And, of course, you guys are well aware, both Steve and George. Uh, and I'll say this because uh, it's, it's hard for Bernie to talk about it himself. So uh, I've always known Bernie to be a very, very tough guy. We had a boxing match back in 2003. He knocked the crap out of me. But what I've seen over the last couple of months, when I talk about it, it, it I almost want to cry. Uh, the courage... And the, the bravery, uh, coming to work, going through his chemo, dealing with all the, the fear issues. I'm sure he's got them, the worry, the anxiety. And he shows up here, and he's great every time, four hours a day, every day. So I'm seeing it now firsthand from somebody I truly love what they're going through. And uh, that's why, for me at least, it becomes so important for you guys to be here on this Tuesday morning. Well, thank you for having us, obviously, and taking the time to, you know, heighten the awareness related to colon cancer and colon cancer awareness month it's a great public service and bernie i guess you could uh you can actually george and steve and the audience let them know uh, what you've gone through the last couple of months in their effort to make sure that people are going for their screenings and uh, and doing all the right things well yeah that's the uh the key you mentioned screenings uh, i do have uh, prostate cancer and then some uh, so uh, uh, all avoidable. If I had gone for an early screening, I did not. I waited until the symptoms were, you know, almost unbearable. And then I went to a urologist. And by then it was uh, it was too late. It's not too late. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's being treated and everything's going to be fine. But the point is, the early screenings are so crucial, so critical. And you gentlemen can speak to that, no doubt. Well, and that's exactly it, Bernie. Um Colon cancer, first of all, is completely a preventable disease. It's one of the few major cancers that we're actually keeping people from getting. Well, the prostate cancer is not, though, right? Or is it? 
Well, not really. I mean, unfortunately, even in Bernie's case, uh, you know, he, he, the best you would have done with prostate cancer is early detection, uh, which obviously makes it a lot more treatable. But, you know, with colon cancer, we're actually keeping people from getting it in the first place. And, and, right. and how do you do that? Again, it's just a matter of yeah, early screening? And- absolutely. So we know that before anybody gets colon cancer, they first get a colon polyp in their colon. A colon polyp is a uh, benign tumor of the intestine. And that polyp has to grow for many years, at least five years. So we have a lot of opportunity to find people that are growing polyps, and we know who to check. Right, right. Um, and now the uh, the U.S. Task Force on, on Health and Cancer um, just recently, about a year ago, lowered the recommendation from 50 years old down to 45 to start screening for colon cancer. And colon cancer screening is virtually 100% successful at keeping wow. people from getting 100%. Colon. I did see this, uh, Steve. Uh, and I know, What is your exact position again at uh, George's place? Chief Operating Officer. Okay, so you're in charge of all the money. Right. <laughs> okay. you got the most important job, trust me. Uh, and, and he keeps us in line, too. Yeah. Oh, he's a brilliant kid. Uh, I did uh, hear the other day on some other radio show that, to your point, George, that uh, doctors used to recommend go every 10 years whether it's uh, colon or prostate, any one of these potential cancers. And now they're saying, forget about that. You're probably better off going every five years. And instead of waiting until you're 50, probably start when you're 40. What can you guys say about that? Yeah, so it it obviously changes based on the individual patient. Uh, People with family history, we're going to clearly start a little bit earlier. Um, Once we find patients that are growing polyps, that's the group that we're going to keep a much closer eye on. And so those people are going to return somewhere between three to five years, depending on the kind of polyp. And this has been really well worked out over the last 20 years. So our schedule is extremely effective as long as people follow it. I mean, think about it. You're starting at 45 and you're going until 75. So the the overwhelming majority of people are looking at three or four colonoscopies in their lifetime to eliminate the second leading cause of cancer death. And, gentlemen, uh, if I'm not mistaken, of course, we talked to uh, Dr. Mark Siegel yesterday, who has uh, undergone uh, many screenings. And the screenings are not what they used to be. It's, it's fairly easy. It's, it's gotten a lot easier. And also, uh, the actual colonoscopy is nothing. You, you lay down and you wake up and you're like, it's over, just like that. Exactly. Most colonoscopies, you know, only take about 15 or 20 minutes. You're... It's a great sleep. It's not really general anesthesia. It's really the medication that's given nowadays mimics sleep exactly. Matter of fact, most people dream during the test. They wake up. They're usually upset we're waking them up. They're having such a great sleep. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. The, the prep process, which used to be always what people hated, has also gotten a lot easier now. The new preps are pretty quick. I mean, listen, you're going to spend some time on the bathroom, in the bathroom, but... Look, it's an evening, and you get through it, and the next day it's over, and you move on with the rest of your life. Steve, for folks that want to learn more about your specific place out there in New Jersey, I know you've got a website, you've got phone numbers. How do they do that? So the phone number is 888-452-0022, 888-452-0022, and the website is www.gangllc.com. G-A-N-J. G-A-N-J-L-L-C.com. You see up on TV right now? You yes. Just take a look. I know last week you were with uh, Michael Rappaport and some other friends on WWHL. This is more exciting, no? <laughs> <laughs> now you're back on TV. You're like a regular TV star. <laughs> so uh, this is the uh, the first of the month. Do you find, uh, based upon uh, the, the actual month awareness program, that folks really more in tune to coming to your place this month? Or do you find that it doesn't really matter? Folks all year long show up. Well, it's all year long, but, you know, clearly, you know, highlighting it the way we're doing like today and, and otherwise um, just brings uh, puts a spotlight on it so that let's be honest, you know, 
most people are not super happy about seeing a gastroenterologist. Right. Um, it's not like, you know, going to your plastic surgeon. You know, everybody likes to go to your plastic surgeon. I'm but... actually going to Dr. Caroline in two weeks. <laughs> Get my but, neck done, but right. go ahead. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, so this gives us an opportunity to talk about it and get people, you know, in and get, get people, you know, knowledgeable about it so that they realize, um, you know, it's not really a big deal. Um, and I always encourage people, talk to your friends, talk to your family members, you know, talk to people who've had this procedure and know what it's about. It turns out to not be such a big deal. And it's uh, and again, we're 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 preventing a cancer. I mean, how often do you get to do that? Right. Right. It's uh, no, it's, it's crucial. It's critical. Listen, Dr. George, let me ask you this. Aside from uh, the cancer screenings, are there symptoms that people can look out for that may may tip them off early on uh, or or no? See, that's the problem, Bernie. Uh, during the polyp stage, um, there are very few symptoms, if any. It's not until you actually start developing cancer that you start having the bleeding and the trouble with your bowels, the, the bowel movement looks different. Uh, by that point, usually you're dealing with a cancer at that point, unfortunately. Um, so that's why, uh, even though the polyp to cancer situation is a very slow one, because it's asymptomatic, that's why we're pushing the screening part of it. Understood. Very, very interesting. A lot of people should know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't look for symptoms. Go get that screening. Get that damn screening. Get it today. And remember, colon cancer, the three key words, preventable, treatable, and beatable. I like that. You managed to rhyme the last two. It's important <laughs> to do that. People need to bring these teeth. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, no, but on a serious uh, note, I don't think most people realize there are any cancers that are preventable, let alone colon cancer. So that, that really is uh, very, very good news. What would you say is the average age of the folks that you see in your office? Average. Well, I'm gastroenterology is, is a subspecialty that really deals with the full age spectrum and, and uh, both males and females. So, you know, we, we see people from their 20s all the way into their 70s and 80s. And you say 80s. both males and females? Correct. Well, you, colon cancer affects both both uh, both males and females equally. So Right, right. because like prostate cancer, right. I was here. Man um, thing. So, right. so, so are you half your patients females or, or more still on the men's side? Actually, you'd be surprised. Most of our uh, over... The larger majority of our patients are females. Really? Yeah. Well, females in general, you know, are, are much better about their health than men. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah. so most we're tough most guys. <laughs> right. Until we die. And we're not so tough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And so usually the female comes first and drags the male in, you know, reluctantly, and then right. and then they're both there. I mean, Bernie, you could attest to that. I mean, you, you look showing up every day, sitting next to me going, Jesus, every time I pee, my balls are on fire. I'm going, <laughs> what are you doing? And then, then, and then Bernie, right, Carol was like, hey, Bernie, do something about it, right? Uh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, no, the symptoms were there. There's no question about it. Look, I do want to ask Dr. George uh, about the actual colonoscopy itself and not to get too, uh, you know, too into the weeds on it. But uh, the drug that you use is, is actually propofol. No, that is correct. And it, it puts you out and uh, it, you wake up and it, it doesn't seem well, like anything. Unless you're Michael Jackson, they don't wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, Michael Jackson mixed it with a bunch of other, uh, you know, medications and didn't have an anesthesiologist, you know, with him. So that's a big difference. And his doctor wasn't nearly as uh, qualified as you are. But that stuff really does knock you out. I mean, that's... Yeah, it's a great sleep. It's a great sleep. All right, so one more time, Steve, give out the uh, the information. You're the the only practicing doctor at that place. You have a bunch of... No, no. So so our our group is a very large group. We're we're, uh, now up to 44 practitioners. Is that right? Yeah. But you're the most handsome and the smartest, and you're famous, and everybody in Jersey loves you. Chef David Burke is going to name a dish after you, the whole thing, right? 
I have to come here more often. You're going to keep complimenting me like that. Yeah. But we have 37 gastroenterologists, male and female alike. Wow. Yes. So George is handsome, but we have a lot of pretty females. So, as well. <laughs> that's good too. So I, I would imagine, but it's a big place. So in terms of, if yes. I want to get an appointment there tomorrow. Because you have so many doctors and it's so big, that's not going to be an issue, right? 22 locations, you can get an appointment. 22 locations? Yes, have- Here in New York, too, or all in New Jersey? All, all in New, New Jersey. Jersey. All in New Jersey. Kind of yes. like uh, Trinity. Yep. So one more time, give out the... It's uh, 1-888-452-0022. And the website? www.gangllc.com. G-A-N-J-L-L-C.com. And remember, you know the old saying, here today, gone tomorrow? Yes. Well, with colon cancer, it's here today, here tomorrow. A simple test can save your life. Wow. Look at this. How he has all these beautiful, these like Dr. Seuss. Listen, uh, words to uh, literally live by, actually. Uh, listen, uh, we thank you, Dr. George Pavlou and uh, the CEO, Stephen Puchik. Uh, and also there's a website called gastrodiagnostics. Uh, dot com gastrodiagnostics n i excuse me gastrodiagnostics n i dot com that you nj po- dot com oh nj excuse for new me. jersey yeah right right yeah. right that you could possibly access so listen gentlemen thank you for creating this awareness you're saving lives on a, you you you're literally heroes as well you're you're as much as uh, first responders so uh, we thank you for appearing on the Bernie and Sid show and enlightening and and making aware our audience thank you so much gentlemen. Well, Thank you, Bernie, and a speedy recovery for you, by all Appreciate means. It. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Sid. All right, guys. We thank love you, you both. Thank you, and we'll do this again uh, next year, March 1st. Well, thank you. See, we yours is the most it. memorable. Like, it's here, Bo Deedle, Bill O'Reilly, every week. You come once a year. <laughs> it's a big, big deal. <laughs> <laughs> all We're right. Very well, happy uh, to do it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we'll take our contestant for Beat Bernie right now, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We'll play Beat Bernie coming up at 940, the Tuesday edition Oh, Bernie and Sid rolls on. You can look at the menu, but you just can't eat. You can feel the cushions, but you can't have a seat. You can dip your foot in the pool, but you can't have a swim. You can feel the punishment. Is to blame, is to blame. I hate cutting this song off, Sydney. I know you do as well. I'm a huge Howard Jones fan. I love this song, but I it love you more. So Terrific. And by, by the way, thanks for what you said uh, in the last segment. It's very, very uh, sweet. Well, you know I meant it. nice. You know I meant it. Make me blush a little bit. Uh, back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download it. Very entertaining. The programming all day long on 77 WABC is terrific, and you can access it right there on your phone. No problem, no problem whatsoever. Today, of course, the first day of March, ladies and gentlemen. Good things happening. Spring in a few weeks. You have St. Patrick's Day, and then, of course, April to follow, May. It's going to be beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, tonight, not so beautiful. You have the uh, imbecile-in-chief. He's going to give a State of the Union address. 
I don't know how he's going to spin all this negative uh, stuff that's been happening in the country, uh, starting with Afghanistan and then the crime, the inflation and the war and all the. I don't. I don't know what he's going to do because usually it's a litany of uh, what I'm going to do. Blah blah blah. Nobody wants to hear about that, especially during this uh, this Russia uh, uh, this Russia Ukraine stuff right now. But we'll see. And as I mentioned, uh, you're going to have the response is going to be by some. A governor, a Midwest governor, I don't even know who it is. I never heard of the guy before. Whatever, it's probably, it's going to be very anticlimactic. Well, next to Biden, he's going to come, come off like a superstar. But also, oddly enough, you're going to have a response by uh, this uh, Jew-hating, uh, ultra-progressive uh, wretch, which uh, Rashida Tlaib, the congresswoman from, uh, where the hell is she from? Uh, she's from Michigan, Michigan, actually. Rashida Tlaib is going to give a response, a retort to uh, old Joe Biden's uh, ramblings. And so that should be interesting tonight. Also, me, speaking of the war, uh, you, this morning it's gotten very, very ugly. The, bombing, the, uh, of the bombings of the cities, a lot of civilians dying this morning and, uh, you know, Ukrainian soldiers. Uh, it's getting real. It's getting very, very real, as a matter of fact. And uh, it's only a matter of days before uh, Putin takes over one of the cities, which he hasn't done yet. And people has, have said, hey, it's a good sign he hasn't taken over a city. Hey, you don't know what his timeline is. He's, he's doing it, uh, you know, his own way. Got a 40-mile convoy of troops coming into uh, Kiev. Anyway, it's looking very, very ugly. But the spirit, you had uh, the president of the Ukraine, this guy Zelensky, who's no angel, but... Uh, you know, ever since he came off with that line, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition, he's motivated the, the his, not only his own citizens, but the world galvanized them against the evil, creepy, uh, beady-eyed, uh, ex-KGB thug Vladimir Putin. And uh, so he gave a speech to the EU this morning, did Zelensky, got a standing ovation. So more motivation for people across the globe and in his own country because... The Internet still works. I mean, inexplicably, uh, Putin has not disabled the Internet. As I mentioned yesterday, Elon Musk threw up another satellite uh, even to, to further enhance their Internet capabilities. So they're all communicating. They know what's going on. And this one I enjoyed. This is a, a UFC fighter, a female, female UFC fighter, pretty much encapsulating the sentiment of the Ukrainian people. Played moms before in basements with babies and stuff like that. But anyway, listen to this UFC female fighter, what she said. Take a listen. What would you say to Vladimir Putin, the Russian regime? What would your message be to them? I want to say in Ukraine language, <laughs> I want to say, F*** you, bitch. I love my country. Don't touch Ukraine. This is my country. I love Ukraine. A blank you B word. You got to love it. Listen, this is serious business, so I excuse her profanity. Uh, this is what what Putin has done to these people. Nobody expected, and it's just brutal. Lives are being lost. It's it's really uh, it's just just awful, awful stuff. But uh, you know, on the Sunday morning shows, I was taken by this this uh, a little. Speaking of BDI, this BDI little uh, Clintonista, this George Stephanopoulos, he is inf infected with Trump derangement syndrome, like you cannot believe. Trump last week called Putin uh, smart and savvy, which, by the way, a lot of people have done. He is smart. He is savvy. Uh, the Washington Post had a very, very 
a praiseworthy headline, I guess, of, you know, uh, evil people can be smart, believe it or not. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the uh, Washington Post in a headline, they call them a genius. And there were other uh, newspapers and people who have done the same. Anyway, just listen to uh, George Stephanopoulos. This is a, just a montage. We're not going to play all the clips of him badgering Tom Cotton to criticize Donald Trump for calling Putin smart. And all before the invasion, this was before the invasion that Trump said that. So take a listen to this. You've been stalwart in your opposition of Vladimir Putin. The same cannot be said for the leader of your party, Donald Trump. Uh, last night, he finally condemned the invasion, but he also repeated his praise of Putin, calling him smart. Earlier in the week, he called him pretty smart. He called him savvy. He says NATO and the U.S. are dumb. Are you prepared to condemn that kind of rhetoric from the leader of your party? Why can't you condemn Donald Trump for those comments? You're a senior member of the Republican Party. Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. He said last night again, suggested that he would be running for president. When Fox News asked him if he had a message for Vladimir Putin, he said he has no message. Why can't you condemn that? I feel quite confident that if Donald, that if Barack Obama or Joe Biden said this? something like that, you'd be first in line to criticize him. President Trump was former President Trump was out there talking about it last night. I simply don't understand why you can't condemn his praise of Vladimir Putin. Listen, the NATO was dumb until they got religion after what uh, Putin did. And now even Germany's going to pony up their fair share of, uh, you know, their GDP, 2 percent of their GDP to help strengthen NATO. And that was all at the behest of Donald Trump, all at the behest of him. And, of course, he was the one who uh, stopped the uh, Nord Stream pipeline from Russia. He's the one who sent uh, these uh, these missiles, these anti-tank missiles, these Javelin missiles to the Ukraine when Obama sent them blankets. So he's, his actions speak louder than his words. Yeah, Vladimir Putin is smart, but uh, President Trump was the one who was opposing him with meaningful, substantial things. Donald Trump was. And, by the way, this rant of George Stephanopoulos, uh, this obsession, while everything else is going on in the world, he spent all that time badgering uh, the senator from Arkansas over, why can't you condemn that President Trump said that uh, Vladimir Putin is smart? With everything going on, he actually said that. And furthermore, Saturday night, the night before Stephanopoulos engaged in its stupidity, President Trump said this about the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. Listen to this. The Russian attack on Ukraine is appalling. It's an outrage and an atrocity that should never have been allowed to occur. It never would have occurred. We are praying for the proud people of Ukraine. God bless them all. God bless them all. So there you go, an atrocity, an outrage, a crime against humanity. What more do you want the guy to say? He said that, and Stephanopoulos knew it. He's a fake news little fool is what he is. And uh, would he ever ask a Democrat senator, or has he ever asked a Democrat senator, do you condemn the vice president of the United States actually raising money to bail out people who assaulted police officers and and stormed uh, police stations and federal buildings and stuff like that? That woman would be Kamala Harris, the woman who slept her way to the top. Would he ever ask, or has he ever asked a Democrat senator? I say no. He has never asked. Nobody has, as a matter of fact. And she's never been asked about raising money for people who have assaulted cops to bail them out. Anyway, that particular idiot, uh, Kamala Harris, yesterday, uh, she she was giving some sort of a a small speech to a small crowd, and it sounded like this. Take a listen. Because as we all know, elections matter. And when folks vote, they order what they want. And in this case, they got what they asked for. 
God Almighty. I went off script a little bit. <laughs> went off script a little bit, yeah. And that's the woman who, by the way, went to the uh, the Munich uh, security conference uh, wearing the mask, saying stupid things. How did that, uh, that was called a peace conference. How did that work out? We got war. We got people dying uh, by the scores, maybe the hundreds this morning. A good job, Kamala Harris. Good job at the border as well. By the way, at CPAC, they uh, polled the, the people at CPAC. 80% of the people said that the border crisis is way more important than, than what's happening in the Ukraine between Russia and the Ukraine. The border, 80 to 20 was the uh, final count on that. One more from President Trump at CPAC, you know, because I like it. And uh, I am the co-host of the radio show, and I can play it because, anyway, you're going to enjoy it as well. This was Trump Saturday night at CPAC. They indoctrinate your children to hate their parents while calling you a hateful racist. They stick the FBI on mothers at school board meetings while they teach four-year-olds to pick their own genders. Would you like to change your gender? And they say it's absolutely fine for a boy or man to participate in women's sports. I don't think so. There you have it. Uh, President Trump, former President Trump, speaking the truth. The truth, baby. The truth. It hurts, doesn't it? Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to be Bernie. You know, I keep getting this question about uh, my book. People want to know if they pre-order the book. Citizens United, which is set to come out in August, late August, because of the stupid supply chain shortage. Uh, can they still show up at a book signing and get an autograph? And the answer is yes. In other words, if I do a book signing at a bookstore or have a party, per se, let's say, John Katsimatidi's house in the Hamptons. This summer. Oh, John, I'm coming. You didn't know. Uh, <laughs> you can still bring a book that you pre-order now, and I'll still sign it. So the answer is yes. You can pre-order my book, Citizens United, at Amazon.com today. You can also go to Barnes & Noble, Simon & Schuster, but rather you buy the book on Amazon and buy it today. Now, Pete Bernie, our contestant today, uh, talking about the Hamptons, and John Katsimatidis, I believe is in East Hampton. Is that right? That's correct. It is David in East Hampton. Good morning, David. How are you, pal? Good morning. Hello. I'm uh, very good. It's great to be on. Nice to have you. Uh, nice. What do you do in the uh, in the Hamptons? What's your job? Oh, I, I'm a defense department contractor at uh, Fort Dix and uh, Fort Hamilton. Oh, very nice. Okay, very very good. Uh, married, have kids, the whole thing. Not single, no kids. Um, not yet. At least not yet. Are oh, you a young guy? How old are you? <laughs> Fifty one. Fifty one. Okay. All righty. Well, listen, best of luck to, to you in today's game. What's your favorite radio show? Uh, well, uh, 770. All uh, right. The second one is uh, 1210 WPHK, Philly. Okay, don't know what that is. Fair enough. Okay, at least you picked us number one. Good luck in today's game. Uh, David, here's question number one. In 2015, two French Muslim brothers armed with rifles forced their way into the offices of what French satirical weekly newspaper in Paris killing 17 people for publishing a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad. I remember this. Oof. Yeah, that'd be the uh, Charlie Hebdo? Yes. Very good. Charlie Hebdo. Number two. 
What was the name of the Ukrainian nuclear power plant that was the site of a nuclear disaster in April of 1986? That would be Chernobyl. Very good. Most people think that's in Russia. It's not. It's in the Ukraine. Very good. Number three, what U.S. government department was created in the wake of the September 11th attacks? Can you repeat that? What what U.S. government department was created in the wake of the 9-11 attacks? Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. Lou, you may remember uh, Tom Ridge was on the phone with Imus. Two months after November, we're all on the intrepid. Me, you, Bernie, I miss everybody. And uh, when that plane crashed in the Rockaways, not far from where you live now, Ridge was on the phone with Imus, and we thought we were under attack again. You remember that, Lou? More uh, memories I'm bringing up. You see that? I know I'm annoying. Number four, since 2002, podcaster Joe Rogan has provided color commentary for what sports company? Wow. Uh, wow. USC. Wow, you can go five for five today and make sure that Bernie can't win. Who is the current United States Attorney General? (laughs) Unfortunately, it would be Merrick Garland. Wow, that is a very impressive effort. David going five for five today. Great job, Dave. If uh, Bernie slips up just once. Get yourself a hundred bucks, courtesy of Pete Morgan and Piotr Spoilers, and a beautiful WABC Barry House coffee mug. So let's see if, in fact, that becomes the case. Here he is, the champ, Bernie McGurk. Good morning, Bernard. How are you, Sid pal? Rosenberg, I'm all right. All right, best you can do is tie. You got all five. Oh my God! <laughs> I know it's a lot of pressure. Now? A lot of pressure, Bernard. Ready to go? I'm ready. All righty then. In 2015, two French Muslim brothers, armed with rifles forced their way into the offices of what French satirical weekly newspaper in Paris, killing 17 people for publishing a cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad. It was the uh, Washington Post. No, That's right. Charlie Hebdo. Very good. That was like the beginning of all those uh, scary times. And there was uh, Obama doing, uh, saying nothing. I don't remember. Uh, what, right. <laughs> remember that part? Uh, what was the name of the Ukrainian nuclear power plant that was the site of a nuclear disaster in April of 1986? Indian Point would be the wrong answer. It would be Chernobyl. That's right. You know there are still people that glow in the dark on Three Mile Island, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's no doubt. They're super uh, <laughs> you know... The supernovas, I should say. <laughs> no doubt. What U.S. government department was created in the wake of the 9-11 attacks? That would be the Department of Homeland Security. Oh, yeah. All right. Bernard, one of your favorites. Since 2002, podcaster Joe Rogan has provided color commentary for what sports company? That would be the uh, UFC. That's right. Ultimate Fighting Championship is what it stands for. And now, your chance to go five for five and perfect once again and tie in today's game. Bernard, who is the current United States Attorney General? The Attorney General is a a weak, feeble, uh, woke. Well, he's not even woke. He's just a coward. His name is Merrick Garland. You know, uh, excellent job, Bern. Once again, going five for five. And of course, we all remember that o- Obama wanted him to be a Supreme Court justice, and then Trump won and said, "No thanks." We haven't talked much about Ketanji Jackson. Did you have any any thoughts on her getting that position? I, you know, I do actually. Uh, I, I listened to her. I, I actually watched her when Biden uh, introduced her. 
she came out and she spoke and she said some really nice things about the country and about the uh, about law enforcement. Now, make no mistake about it, she's a radical leftist. She's left uh, more left than uh, what some of the people, some regular people, you know, Republicans wanted him to appoint. Mm-hmm. He could have appointed somebody less radical, but she said some really nice things. In fact, I have some video, uh, some audio of it. Oh, good. We'll, we'll play. You want to play it now, or do no. you want to? No, okay, so, listen, tomorrow. so my bottom bottom line is this, is uh, she's okay, and she's she's replacing another liberal, so it's no big, not, not right. that big a deal. And by the way, nobody has accused her of raping anybody <laughs> thus far. Interesting. Very interesting. Going back to Bud Kavanaugh. Five for five, both guys today. Bernie, say hello to David out in East Hampton. David, how the hell are you? Yeah, pretty good. Great to talk to you. Always wanted to play. Uh, yeah, nice good job. Good job uh, out of you playing. You came close. Uh, East Hampton, yep. nice. Uh, so you're a year-round. You hate the summer times in uh, East Hampton when you have uh, all these snotty uh, uh, celebrities coming out. Okay, well, I'm in East, <laughs> East Hampton, New Jersey. East Hampton, New Jersey, not, not, oh. not Long Island, New York. So then the answer would be no. Uh, so my, my bad on that. So East Hampton, New Jersey. Well, listen, thanks for South playing. Jersey. You're a great contestant. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening as well. And uh, keep hope alive. Yeah, appreciate that. Thank you very much. It was great to play. It was great. To, uh, thank you very much. Thanks All for right. having me. My man, thanks. That's, uh, I'm the Bernie and Sitcher, 1-800-848-9222. We're going to close out the show after these short messages, ladies and gentlemen. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. This is Google Dolls. Iris. Ella just got suspended, Bernie. I'll tell you why in a second. Enjoy the music first. Iris for the Google Dolls. Because you know that. I know uh, Steve is driving back to Jersey with George Pablo right now listening to the show. So, a friend of ours likes their songs. Goes out to you, Steve. So, uh, Ellick has uh, been suspended, Bernie, but of course, uh, it's a two man show with you and I. I don't have the authority to do any of that stuff without your consent. So I'm asking for your blessings. I've just suspended Justin Ellick for tomorrow. For what reason? Well, I asked him during the break, Bernard. I mean, this is a political show. We do a lot of sports, entertainment, lifestyle stuff. That's why we get the big, big ratings. Really big ratings, by the way. You jackoffs on the message board may want to check that out. But um, we're still a political show for the most part. News, yes? I would imagine, yeah. Okay. So, if we were doing a sports show, for example, at WFAN, and tonight was Game 7 of the World Series, and I asked a producer, a board op, a host, anybody in that capacity, are you going to watch Game 7 tonight? And without any hesitation, any hesitation, they go, no. How would you feel about that? Well, uh, as long as it wouldn't impede my ability to watch... I don't think I would care that much, to be quite honest with you. Okay. I know you're leading to something. I don't know if that's the answer you want to hear, but I don't know what you're leading to. Well, I would say that tonight, I'm not saying it's equivalent of Game 7 of the World Series, but you would agree in the newsy political calendar year. Oh, are you going to watch the State of the Union? Yes, and without any hesitation, F-Face Ellick goes, no. I go, what do you mean no? He goes, well... I'm not going to say that on the air. I'm going to lie and say that I am going to watch it. 
But no, I'm not going to watch it. This, I don't... Is, this is such a twisted, like, like <laughs> fabrication of a story that you're just. I don't what know how going, you. Come, I don't know how going... you come. I don't know how you come up with this. This is stuff. exactly what happened. You said, "quote I will lie on the air." And no, say, I, I did not say right, that. Here's my question: Is why do you care so much, Sidney uh, well, Arthur the, Rosenberg? Because. Maybe, just maybe, when you give him all the cuts tomorrow morning from the State oh, of the see. Union, yeah, yeah, yeah. or I give him three or four myself because I'm going to live tweet, he'll know what the hell we're talking about tomorrow morning. Or maybe he'll pull some on his own saying, these guys could use this. Right. Maybe he'll, could, ex- thank you. Something we, something we might miss that he'll, go. he'll catch. Right. That's always a possibility. Okay, I could see that. But I think suspension may be a bit uh, much at this point. You want to fire him? No, let's just uh, let's beat his ass. Yeah, but you're not here, and uh, you know if I, if I beat his ass, and you know you're at home, it's not the same. Like we have to Billy Bats him, like kick him on, you know, like like the Nero one, yeah. uh, you know. And Pesci. by the way, just watch it if, for no other reason. I mean, uh, you know, for laughs. You I know, mean, it's it, Joe Biden. You know, it's funny you say for laughs because you know he's going to screw up tonight. He's going to fumble. He's going to stutter. He's going to not be able to read something on the prompter. And you're going to you're going to have people standing up to applaud, sitting down. It's it's a whole spectacle. Right. He may even fart when he's up there. I swear to god. Uh, he, no, I'm serious. You may even hear a fart. But but on a serious note, it's not funny only because like these are really what is it, Luke? What? What? Matt Meany did just come in the control room and fire Justin Alex. So, I guess it's official. Oh, see, and if Matt Meany, the program director, agrees with me, that's a big deal. So you're that's fired. Huge. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, out, I'm out on the Dick was on only going to suspend you. <laughs> he wants to fire you right away. But on a serious note, Bernie, this is serious stuff. The world is falling apart. And more than that, because you and I on record saying this, we feel horrible for the Ukrainian people. We're with the Ukraine. We stand with them. But, but we are both much more interested in what's going on here, a lot of wrong going on here, and it doesn't seem like Biden has any answers. So a couple of laughs tonight. I think at the end you may go to yourself, wow, this is really scary. Well, for for us, I'm saying for Justin, you might get a couple of laughs. Right. No, for us, it is deadly serious. Look, uh, Belarus troops have just entered the Ukraine. So you have two countries actually invading the Ukraine. Also, Putin has moved his family members to an underground city in Siberia designed to survive a nuclear war. Wow. I mean, this is a, these are some serious developments. Yeah. Uh, you know, when did I mean, that happen, the uh, move to the family thing? The, uh, apparently, uh, well, who knows, maybe overnight or maybe in the last couple of days. Well, either way. Are you worried? He, I'm not worried here. I'm not even going to consider being worried about it here. But are you worried about it here? I mean. Oh, well, first of all, the, uh, I mean, I, I, it's unnerving. Let's put it that way. It's t- to say the least. But the missiles are very, very old. Though the Russians did go to the moon, they have the, we work with them in the International Space Station, so they're not complete buffoons. But I'm know, thinking, but, but, that, you know, if they fire a missile at Manhattan, we're going to blow that out of the sky. But wait, it's going to hit Cam, it's going to hit Camden, New Jersey, or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, no, but we'll blow that out of the sky way before it gets here. Let's be honest. Well, I'm not so sure about that. really. I mean, if they if they you know, they send like uh, you know. 40 missiles this way, we might oh, knock yeah. out 35 of them and five uh, come oh through, God. and that's all it takes. Oh, my God. So, uh, all right. It is, this is no joke. This is no joke. Things could get out of control. He is uh, apparently out of his mind at this yeah. point. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's no. And, and we have somebody who's completely and totally incompetent, yeah. a, a, to, a total stupid loser, a total imbecile, yeah. as, uh, you know, this is our leader. Yeah, so uh, so true.
If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabu Law, where winning is no accident.